And now, introducing the man who still has tears streaming down his face after Novak Djokovic defeated Rafael Nadal in yesterday's huge match. The man who turned on the Orioles for the first time all year to watch his hero Chris Owings pitch the ninth inning. And the man who's incredibly proud of me for putting pickles on my burger last night. He is Glenn Clark. I just realized I put the wrong number in uh, one of the uh, Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios, mm. and it would make it a very easy choice. Mm. So I had to adjust that. Apologies. My apologies. It's on me. <laughs> I accept responsibility. Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Zach Goodman in with us for the rest of the week. Um, I feel like it sounds like we're a little hot. I don't know. Maybe it's just a little hot. I, I came could, in really low, so I turned myself be, way it up. It could also be the headphones. You never know when could a button be, gets uh, gets pushed and it goes the wrong way. Um, well, yeah, a lot to do today. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Coming up in just a bit, we will uh, play a little Would You Rather Wednesday. Get your responses in. I, I accidentally wrote $1,000 instead of $5,000 on one particular scenario, and I, you'll understand when you hear it, it, it would make it a very easy choice. It would just make it an absurd, absurdly easy choice. Wrong number. I'm so sorry. I fixed it. I apologize to anybody who's already responded. I apologize to uh, Adley Rutschman. I apologize to my family. Um, but again, Adley first because he's more important. We will get to oh, those scenarios. Definitely. We'll get to those scenarios. Uh, Drew Forrester will join us a little bit later on this hour. We'll play Would You Rather Wednesday with him. Also coming up this morning, Richie Palacios is going to join us. Former uh, Towson Tiger, now with the Cleveland Guardians. Still getting used to saying that. And he will be back in town this weekend as the Guardians come to play the Orioles. So we will catch up with him. He made his Major League debut, was it just over a month ago? Around uh, that, yeah. Yeah. So we're excited for Richie, good dude, and um, very cool to see another Towson baseball player. It's been a couple years. Obviously, Casper Wells had a hell of a run, um, but it's been a couple years before since we've seen a Towson baseball player get a real opportunity in the major leagues, and Richie Palacios looks like a guy who could end up um, sort of establishing himself and having a chance to, uh, to do this for a bit. So we're looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, later on in the show, Mike Loxley is going to join us, Maryland football coach. He recently agreed to a contract extension to stick around at the University of Maryland. We'll talk to him about that, what he saw from the team coming out of the spring, maybe some of the NIL stuff, all of that coming up later on in the program. We're hoping to go down to Norfolk. It's been, been a weird week. This is the, still the hangover from the holiday. The holiday really screws everything up. Like, you never recover. I'm, I love holidays. Don't get me wrong. Love holiday weekends, especially in the summer. But it really just screws up the better part of two weeks because people decide to plan vacations around it, and then it makes it difficult for the rest of us who are trying to be productive. I'm pretty sure Jordan, who does our video, left for vacation. I didn't realize that he did because <laughs> he told me he was going on it. He's like, yeah, we're going out to California. Yeah, he's with go. Griffin in, in Colorado. I don't think that's – so Griffin's <laughs> in Colorado. Again, Griffin, Griffin got a job and had a vacation around it. Jordan – I believe, because I saw him for his uh, graduation party, I stopped by and, and said hello and, and brought a, an offering, a graduation gift of all of the frozen French fries he could possibly ask for since mm. he used to come in here with his hangover fries every Friday morning. Mm. Um, and I said, uh, you know, what are, what are you doing? You, you doing anything this summer? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going out to California. We're going to go see his dad's a big Mets fan. He's like, we're going to go mm. see the Mets in, in Anaheim and, and somewhere else too, I think. And I'm like, oh, very cool. But I didn't like put two and two together and realize that was probably this week. When, where, what's the Met, where are the Mets? 
Ah, uh, it's a great question. I, I don't. I gotta be honest with you. I don't pay attention. Oh, I'll pull it up for you, Glenn. I'll, believe it or not, not not checking on the Mets schedule. The Mets evening. are currently at home today against Washington. So he's not in California, I don't think. Uh they do play the Dodgers tomorrow night. So now the real at home. Qu- no, oh, the Dodgers at, are at home tomorrow night against the Mets. So that they're in could, the Dodgers are in L.A. In L.A., yes. So he could be in L.A. to, to see the that's a really weird Los quir- Angeles Dodgers. What? That's a quirky ass schedule, isn't it? Well, it goes from one ten game today to a ten ten game tomorrow. Well, I mean, I guess they get away seven day. on there. All right, never mind, never mind. Uh, moral of the story being, I'm pretty sure he's away <laughs> because sure. I sent him stuff to do yesterday and I didn't see it get done. And I was like, oh, maybe he told me he was leaving. <laughs> I, it's, this is maybe I'm the jerk. Here, I want to work right? for you now, Glenn. Yeah. I mean, man, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, the holiday really just screws everything up. So that's that's I, I, what I'm really saying is no more holidays. We're we're gonna have to cancel the rest of them. Sorry, there will be no Labor Day this year. Christmas we is canceled. Never, it's Christmas is canceled because it screws up my week. Just very difficult to get any work done. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to make a trip down to Norfolk this morning as well. All right. Now the Orioles played a baseball game last night. Sure did. Went well. And moving on. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know what I would possibly as say I about. as I uh, alluded to earlier in the show. Chris Owings got a little pitching performance, um, and he, you know he didn't do too bad. So you know he gave up a run, two hits, I think. So could have been worse. Could have been when you're down nine nothing. You know it it, it could have been twelve, thirteen, but it okay. really doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the Orioles lost. Sure, five. but the, the run differential for the past three games. For yeah, the that's Orioles a good point. Has right. been ten. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Really weird. Really weird. I was uh, Drew was trying to find that out last night. Is there an example in baseball history of a team winning ten nothing then mm. losing ten nothing on back to back nights? Should have been my uh, trivia. Should would have been a hell of a tidbit. It would have been. Would, I don't think. It, I don't think it could have turned into trivia because there's no <laughs> way anyone would have known. Right. Uh, but it would have been a hell of a tidbit if you can find an example of a team winning and losing ten nothing in back-to-back games. Um, I know I saw that Paul was fighting with him on Twitter about semantics because the way that he worded the question. <laughs> he's like, he's like, dude, go back and recheck the tweet. Like Paul, pa- Paul and Drew Farser? Yeah. Okay. Like, Paul, I understand. <laughs> That's not... We all understand what he was trying to ask. Has anyone ever won and lost 10 nothing games back-to-back? It's a fair question. It doesn't matter. It's You don't get, like, a trophy for it. It's just an <laughs> interesting sort of statistical quirk that occurs within the course of a season. You don't see it every day. I, I certainly don't remember it occurring, but I have no doubt it probably has occurred at some point. I'm sure it has. You yes. know, baseball's been around since yeah, the, for a very long the time, late 1890s. It could be the, so red, I, the, 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 the red legs could have done it. Sure. You know, something like that. Yeah, the Miami red legs. Who knows? The uh, Orioles will try again tonight uh, to uh, get a series win, and they actually have a pitcher for tonight, which is which is nice. It's I hear it's, <laughs> I hear it's good when you decide to have somebody pitch in these games. Uh, tonight they'll send um, uh, Kyle Bradish to the mound, and I guess I guess we should say they have a pitcher. We we still don't know yet with Kyle Bradish. Like there's been moments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they've been fleeting so far since he got to the major leagues. I, I by no means am I suggesting they should take him out of the rotation. They wouldn't shouldn't allow him to work through it. This goes back to what we've talked about with development. We I, as much as we're having more fun than we expected to be having with this team this season. We still have to be realistic about what this year is, and I'm fine with continuing to allow Kyle Bradish the opportunity to see if he can work it out. If you think he got through all the development he could get in the minors, I'm fine with allowing Kyle Bradish to try to work through this in the major leagues yeah, for a little while, yeah. even if the results aren't great. I mean, there's a point at which you know you just can't. Well, but, those who suggest sending him down are, I think, looking at it 
in a a smaller picture at a smaller picture than it is because this is the big picture. We keep talking about that with Grayson Rodriguez and why his development is so important and mm-hmm. that it's not about mm-hmm. winning ball games today. It's about developing these guys for tomorrow. Yep. And that's kind of the way the Orioles have have looked at this over the past few years and Kyle Bradish is a good example. He hasn't had, you know, the the flying uh, colors of success that I guess everyone expected he him to. He had that one start that got everybody all hot and bothered. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember who it was who it was against now. Jesus. He was he was good. Uh, I think uh, he threw like six was it, innings. Was it the St. Louis series? It, it might have been the St. Yeah. Louis. I think it was actually. Uh, and, and that was pretty early uh, since he had gotten called up and he, and he pitched Come well. Right and Bradish, you know, it, yeah, it's it was it was seven it was seven innings, two runs, four yeah, hits, yeah. Um, and no walks against the Cardinals. Right. In his, in his second career start, and everybody was yeah. like, "Well, uh, holy yes, look at this guy." I mean, the guy is a great slider. It's it's one of the uh, sure. well above average. Uh, the fastball is good. He can tend to leave it uh, up a little bit. It, it it's been cutting a little bit, and running right into barrels, which has been a problem for him. But I also noticed I thought in the last game the delivery was a little bit off. I think he was trying to maybe overthrow and trying to hit his spots almost too precisely, and there were some issues going on with his entire delivery. And so. You know, it, it for Bradish, it's about playing the long game. You've got to wait and see what this guy is. It's not going to be... I mean, there are really rarely a, a guy who comes out and he's unbelievable from start. You know, that just rarely... Look at Casey Mize. When Casey Mize has turned into a very solid young pitcher. Sure. And when he first came up, he had like a 7-7 ERA. Yep. So it's just... It's about playing the long game with these guys and realizing what they could be over a long period of time instead of judging, you know, six, seven starts that... And, and by the way, I... This is part of why I think it's important that Grayson gets here at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Because pitchers, as you point out, are likely to get rocked a little bit right. to start their major league career. So if you're planning on him being a part of your rotation next year, the first year where maybe it start, starts to be fair to judge what's going on with the Orioles, right? then yes, you'd like to, for him to go through that experience this year. Go through the initial shock mm-hmm. of facing major league hitters this year. I just don't think it has to be right now. Right. I right. think it's a whatever the plan is, I'm okay with the plan being, hey, there are things we want him to do for development reasons mm-hmm. still in the minors before we bring him up. I'm okay with that. I'm not in a rush. And with Bradish, if they believe they did all they checked all those boxes while he was in the minors and now he's here, I'm okay with them allowing him to go out and make yeah. ten starts and sort of revisit then. If the next five are all as bad as the last three were, then maybe after 10 starts you sit down and you say, we can't just keep doing this for the sake of doing it. Right. We've, we've got to do something else, whether that's the minors or whether it's maybe just like a, hey, dude, isn't your arm feeling a little sore? <laughs> like maybe we take a couple weeks off and revisit them, whatever it is. But we're a ways away from that. You know, I'm not doing that because he's made three bad starts. Right. Right. You're a ways away from that being the case. So I think that's what you kind of saw with Dean Kramer over the past few years, is that the Orioles, have, you know, he, he, they brought him in and they let him go for extended periods of time and, and let him pitch enough games to where they could see that it wasn't really working out and the, the command wasn't there and he wasn't throwing enough strikes to, to simply get guys out in the long run, and they ended up setting him down. It's, but it, they saw, what, 10, 12, maybe 13 mm-hmm. starts. Well, but Bradish and, and, has had and six. with Bradish, I think we believe he's got more raw talent I, yeah, I than Dean Kramer does. I think there's more reason to believe there's a there there. I think Bradish... I've I've always said there was a clear distinction. As much as we tried to move Bradish into the category of like Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall yeah. and being part of the solution, there's a clear dis- distinction that he's not that guy. But he's closer to that group than anybody else yes, within the yes. Orioles system, right? So Bradish is kind of important for those reasons. The, 
they is in putting together a staff for a potential competitive 2024 baseball team, a team that could threaten, you know, in this hypothetical world to do something in 2024. Right. You got to find at least two more pitchers. First of all, you need both Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall to hit. You could probably use John Means coming back in order to make this work, and, and who knows at this point where we are with that. Right. But you could use one or two more guys that work out just to be part of your rotation, not right. to be top of the rotation. You need Grayson Rodriguez to be a top of the rotation type of pitcher for this to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradish is important. He's an important piece. I'm going to be patient because again it's seeing the forest through the trees it's understanding as much as if you are an ardent night in night out Orioles fan who is watching every game Mm -hmm. and who wants to get some bang for your buck who wants to feel like something's happening that's that's all well and good but that's not the story of what's actually going on here right this is still a season in which you're trying to figure things out as you move into phase two of this thing this is the transitional year there's still going to be moments like this where you just say hey we know we know this guy's not that great but we're going to roll him out there anyway because we need him to try to work through some of this stuff right it's important we know we're sending a guy out there that all he really does is offer us innings and nothing more at some point matt harvey's going to pitch for the baltimore orioles this year it's going to happen and if you are an ardent night in, night out watcher, you're going to hate it because you don't really want to tune in and watch a game when Matt Harvey's pitching. There's nothing to take from that. He's not part of the solution. He's not a, a pleasant story. He's nothing. He's, he's, he's a dude that probably most of you feel is unlikable to be, as a person, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that's complicated. I, I think addiction is a complicated uh, conversation, and I'm not uh, here to cast any judgment on anyone. But you're not going to want to do it, but that's – that's the way the season goes. At some point, Matt Harvey's going to pitch because they just need somebody to throw some innings every fifth day, and Matt Harvey, they believe, is going to give them the option to do it. And it'll stink, and it won't be a lot of fun, but that we're trying to skip to dessert still. Right. We feel like we've been eating our vegetables for too long. So we feel like it's time for dessert, and it's just not quite time for dessert yet. Well, I think that's the problem with the perception of this team from the, the fan base this year is that – you know, there, there were people making bets, as we talked about yesterday, about the yeah, Orioles I mean, that's, that's, that's betting, betting hundreds of dollars to, uh, on the Orioles to go win the World Series You're or something. Drunk. And that's just, I, I think it's... Now, some of that is just about the odds. I, I, sure, I do want to be careful. Sure. Some of that is really just a, hey, if you give me anyone at plus $200,000 odds... Okay, I, fair. If, if I'm someone who has disposable income, yeah, and you're telling me there's even a... It's like buying a lottery ticket, right? Like right. I, I might buy a lottery ticket because you just never know when my one hundred dollars could turn into. I got to start doing the math. And what a hundred times a th- t- what's a hundred times two thousand? Uh, a hundred times to t- hang on a second. A hundred times two probably is two hundred. So add another zero, two thousand, twenty thousand. That's two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred thousand dollars. Right. The I, odds I, are I get good. it. I, I get it's a hundred dollar lottery ticket to win two hundred thousand sure. dollars. I understand the thought process. You're not going to win it the same way you're not winning the lottery, but people still play the lottery anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I've, sure. I've, I'm, I've bought five or six lottery tickets in my life. Mm-hmm. I assure you, I've won nothing. <laughs> and I have no disposable income. 
But well, I, just do it. I think if you've paid attention to Twitter, and I know you have, and, and there are a lot of people that have paid very much attention to Orioles Twitter this year, um, you'll, you'll find people that are very high on the team and think there is a chance they can make a wild card run. I see it all the time. People go, are these the or the 2012 Orioles? Right. And stuff like that. And there, there is that conversation. And while we know them, I, I guess the people who are a little closer to the team, well, and you don't, that they're and, not there. And, and you don't want... I, it's always a fine line for me, Zach, because I don't want to crap all over people who are trying yeah, to just... Fair. Find something pleasant in life. Who just want to have some weird hope? I can't. <laughs> I can't play make believe. Mm-hmm. I can't tell them. Yeah, you're right. But I don't want to say you're an idiot. What are you doing? I understand why those emotions exist. In 2012, if you, I, I mean, this is it's Adam and I talk about it. I got into a fight with Adam Jones the day before the season began in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, I say a fight. We went we went back and forth on Twitter. He said some things about me. We ended up meeting up at Frank and Nick's. We had a whole conversation, right? <laughs> like, it was a whole deal. I actually, like, because I, the Orioles were so bad. Yeah. And there was no reason to believe. I remember in 2011, people wanted to sell themselves on the idea that there was reason to be, have Vlad Guerrero is going to change things mm, and yeah, all well. that sort of nonsense. And it was just another wretched year. Mm-hmm. And we believed that Robert Andino was a thing, right? Like, and I just... I was so sick of it, and he said something. It was a whole deal because I just expected him to be awful again. So if you had told me in 2012, hey, this weird thing is going to happen where there's going to be this this season that makes no sense statistically, right. and yet they're going to magically get into the playoffs and fall a game short of the, the LCS, I would have told you you're drunk. So I understand that within baseball, crazy things can happen. We just know it's not likely. There's no reason to believe that's the case. I know it's difficult because in moments it's been fun. Right. It's been fun this season to watch the Orioles. And it's we live in a society where everything is either the greatest it's the goat or trash. Everything is either the greatest thing ever no between, yeah. or it's the worst thing ever. We have no ability to put context for something and just saying, "Hey, this is a fun neat little season. They're not really that good, but yeah, yeah. they're a little bit better than we expected them to be." And so that's pleasant, and we can kind of enjoy that. That doesn't print well on Twitter. Like, that doesn't get you a lot of likes and retweets. Mm-hmm. It's just a pra- – they're not a very good baseball team, and they're not going to compete for anything, and that's still not the point yet. But there's reason to think there's something that's happening, and maybe they're moving towards something significant in the coming years. I would agree. I mean, I, you you said 2024 as a as a milestone for them earlier, and I think that's that's going to be the case. I, I think there's going to be a major shift in 2023 leading into a possible playoff run in 24. I don't see this team doing anything much more than that before that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's I, I get it. I get the hope. I get the optimism. There is a, a turning of the tide lately. I mean, Adley Rutschman, I've talked about it many times, that he flips the switch. He tells you and your fan base that you're not necessarily rebuilding anymore. We're starting to climb back to the way of competing. If rebuilding is a long process, and the Orioles have taken over four years at this point to do it. And obviously, COVID screwed that up, and they may have been you know, a lot closer to contention if that hadn't happened. But it, look, it, it happened, and the Orioles are in a spot now where... Yes, they're getting closer, but they're not there yet. And I don't, I, I don't want to say that. I, I don't, again, I don't want to discount any opinions and say, "Wow, I mean, 100, percent they're not the 2012 team." I don't want to say that, but I'm like 95 percent sure. 
Yeah. That's where I stand on that yeah, topic. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm 95. I, I think it's more sure. like 98. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I think you're giving it a little bit too much maybe. flexibility and there, but I yes, yes. And seeing them lose 10 nothing is a great example of why this team and every team you know gets blown out once in a no, while. Of I, I get Good it. Teams do, but the Orioles, I, I think, are in a spot still where that's going to happen often. But it, they, they the, didn't. They didn't have a pitcher for last night. Right. It was a bullpen and, game. Sure. And now they're yeah. turning around tonight, and they've got to give it to a pitcher that. Not has, a lot of experience. Has had yeah. one good start in his life. Right, right. This is the reality of their circumstances. Yes. And, and like you, you said, a guy like Matt Harvey will be pitching at some at point. At some point, Matt Harvey is going to pitch. Spencer Watkins will probably go back into the rotation. Right. This is the reality. Right. And yes, it's a bummer that they don't have John Means because that would be a nice thing. And it's a bummer that Bruce, the Bloom's kind of coming off the Bruce Zimmerman rose because that yeah. looked like it was yeah. going to be a fun thing to begin the season. And now that's kind of falling apart. And yeah, at some point, I get, I get why that creates particular mm-hmm. impatience for Grayson Rodriguez. That it's tough to talk about it because you're watching someone dominate. These guys aren't good enough. You didn't. You literally didn't have a starting pitcher last night. Right. Tonight you're going to someone who's made one good start in his life. Mm-hmm. Bruce Zimmerman is starting to struggle and might be reverting back to kind of what we thought Bruce Zimmerman was like before a four, the season. Four or a five at best. Yeah. Why can't we have this shiny toy? Why can't you let us have this? Well, I think one people. I'm going to watch the games every night. I want something pleasant to look at. Why can't I I have that? No, for sure. I I think one thing people really overlook, too, is that the team will probably sell at the deadline. They will trade guys if they get good value for them. I'm not going to say that the Orioles are going to go out there and buy because that's incredibly unlikely. I think the the Orioles, if they get an offer. But they're definitely not going to buy. They're not going to buy. But if they get an offer. The question is. When you say they're going to sell, yes, but there's still a limit to that. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they're gonna go sell. You know the the best players in this team, but well, like, they're not gonna sell a Ryan Mountcastle. They're not no, gonna no, no, sell. They're not gonna sell the, the, the an Adley Rutschman, right. of course. That's no, not I'm, gonna happen. But I would. I, I I say this. We continue to have these conversations. We have to be very careful about this. Mm-hmm. Could they trade Trey Mancini? Yes, but they'd be yeah. trading him for the sake of trading him. They're not getting something for Trey Mancini. No, no. Even though he's having a nice season. We, we keep trying to do this to ourselves. We keep trying to make it seem like there's some philosophical debate about this. You can trade Trey Mancini if you want to trade Trey Mancini, but you're not doing it because yeah. it in any way is changing your organization. You're not getting anything of significance for Trey Mancini. I love and adore Trey Mancini. Right. But as I've said a billion times... Every organization believes they have Trey Mancini. He's a dime a dozen. I mean, frankly, he there there are a million guys out there like Trey Mancini because the, he's a power hitting first baseman. If if they don't, there's a lot of them. If they don't think they've got that guy on the major league roster right now, they think they've got that guy somewhere, somewhere within their yeah. system that he could be that guy soon. Sure. The team that's not what teams are looking for. Someone would probably take him to add one more bat to their lineup to. You know, make a push towards the season, Maybe. the end of the season, but they wouldn't be giving you. So they wouldn't. Hey, look, man, if you just don't want him, we'll take him. You know, there's some, you know, whatever, a rosin bag, whatever it is we got, you can have, but there's no one that's prioritizing Trey Mancini. I have made the argument that you could possibly get a little bit more than that for for Anthony Santander because you could, you could. he legitimately is an outfielder because of his arm. Mm-hmm. He's got enough of an arm that you can legitimately say he can play a plus outfield. Sure. But let's be careful about that. His range isn't, like, extraordinary. No. <laughs> no. He just happens to have an arm. 
So switch hitting power guys are always pretty valued in, in this industry, but Trey Mantini is significantly less valued, in my opinion, of where where it stands. I, I boy, I got to be tough about the, I got to be careful about the Santander thing. Yes, I think you can do better for Santander than you can do for Mancini. I still think there's a limit on Santander. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I still think there's an extraordinary. I think we're talking about doing this. And it's still mostly for the sake of doing it. And that's where the, the conversation becomes relevant is, is it worth doing things for the sake of doing it any longer? Right. Right? Like, you're just not trading guys for legitimately legitimate returns anymore. Right. There's those guys, they don't, they don't exist here. The guys are going to... It could have been John Means. You decided sure. you didn't want to do that. Sure. And, and if I do the math right, it might have been that the first injury happened before you could have done it last year. Trying to when did he first get hurt last year? Uh, that was in the middle of the. I want to say around July. Y- yeah, so it might very. I well, was there. I was. It, it might very well have been that it. Maybe they would have, and it just didn't work out time wise because of when he got hurt. Right, yeah, like yeah. I, I, it's it, my math. My my memory is fuzzy about this. That was the guy that you right. could legitimately get something for, because pitching is the thing you can always get something for. You can always get something for real legitimate sure. major league pitching. If you have a plus middle infielder, you can always get something for that. You know what the Orioles don't have? A plus middle infielder. That's very true. They don't have anyone at a not at the moment at a priority position outside of Adley Rutschman, who clearly they're not going to sure. deal. They don't have anyone at a priority position. Maybe if Cedric Mullins had backed up what he did last year, he could have become a valuable trade chip. The question then would have been, why are you trading him instead of trying to? You know, build around him sure. moving forward. But those are the guys that can get you something. Right. These guys can't. I mean, again, something. And the next question becomes, do you try to move one of these guys just to make sure that you're not blocking someone else who's coming up? Well, I don't necessarily think that Trey Mancini is blocking anyone. I mean, I, I don't really see a guy down there. I mean, Tyler Nevin, yeah, he's fine. He's, he's no, I, I don't really think Tyler Nevin is anything more than a bench bat in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say this, though, one time at the bat round, that I think if you ran, uh, ran Nevin out for as many games as Mancini played in 2021... He might become... He he could probably... Mancini put a .9 B-World. Nah, I, I think Tyler Nevin, over you know over 100 games, could put up .9 B-World. But I don't, I, I don't need to make that move, right? No, like, you don't I need... Don't there's, need no. Tyler Nevin to be Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini can be Trey Mancini. You're, right? you're not going to get much of anything for Trey Mancini. Um, I, I see a lot of people who... Expect a little too much uh, well, because Trey, Trey Mancini, unfortunately, is is a guy that every team has one of them. Right, and that's that's just, uh, that's just baseball. Right, they, right. they think they've got their Trey Mancini. They want to talk about something else. And the problem is, if you ask too much, and if Michael Elias is saying, "Hey, maybe you know, give me the seventeen-year-old who you right. guys value pretty highly," then they'll just go to another team and say, "Okay, you know, the team you're trading with will go to another team and say, "Hey, give me your first base power right. guy." Exactly. I mean, that's right. that's just the, what happens. Everybody's got one. Right. Everybody's got one of these guys. Right. All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by... Ooh, this one is brought to you by... I apologize, I didn't have that prepared. This one's brought to you by Simply the Bets. If you missed it yesterday, Simply the Bets was back. We had uh, opportunity to get you set up, and in fact, one of Aaron Oster's 5Ls already paid off because he told you to bet the over. Holy crap, that Colorado-Edmonton game last night where the number was 7 and the over not only hit, the number was doubled. There were 14 goals 
in an 8-6 wow. game. Wow. So if you've been listening to Aaron on Simply the Bets yesterday, you would already have made a bit of cash for the week. Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. And then on Thursdays at 11.40, we've got um, every other Thursday, we got Weekend at Bookies. That'll be back tomorrow. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Drew Forrester joins us next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number no. 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, uh, we were just talking during the break. Uh, they announced this morning this is the right thing to do with the uh, Madden video game for this year. We'll have on the cover John Madden, which is a very appropriate tribute to one of the most unique American lives we've ever seen. So uh, John Madden will be the cover of Madden Football. What are the odds? What are the odds? It's, uh, it's like Drew always says. It's like Lou Gehrig getting Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the odds? Joining us now. Drew's MorningDish.com, 105.7 The Fan, Fairways and Greens. He is Drew Forrester. What's up, pal? That does seem weird. I hope nothing bad happens to him. Uh, did he approve this? Jesus. Now that's, that's even worse. What? Somehow even worse. A worse bit. 
What's, go- what's going on with you? What's, what, what the hell is happening? All right, so let's – I can't believe – I hate the fact that I have actually golf things to talk about with you these weeks. It drives me nuts. So golf. So Dustin Johnson's going to take the, the blood money. What's the Mickelson story? I don't, what, what the hell's happening there? I don't know. I mean, it does seem weird. He, he, it, it does seem weird that his name wasn't on the list yesterday. I guess if I, if I could make any uh, – I guess the one thing I would say is that maybe he said to them, hey, not the week of Jack's tournament. You okay. know, Mickelson's tournament is this week. M- maybe he said – I'd rather not be the center of attention this week and take away from Jack's event because I do think he has a lot of respect for Nicholas. Um, and maybe they're still fighting over money. Maybe those Saudi folks and Greg Norman said, "Ha, ah, we'll we'll really get him. We'll we'll wait till you know we'll wait till Saturday and announce that Mickelson's playing." I don't know. I fully expect him to be in it, but it was surprising yesterday his name wasn't on the list. What, For sure. What did you make of the names that were on the list? Um, none were really a surprise except John, Dustin Johnson and Gooch. You know, Johnson in particular because all of this coincides and conflicts with his longtime partnership with RBC. I, I would say of, of all of the things that would appear to be dirty pool, from a golfing standpoint, this one, this one kind of reeks. You know, he's been with them for a decade He's made millions of dollars from them. Their event next week, the Canadian Open, is their, you know, is their signature event. Um, he's their marquee guy. He's on every poster and billboard in Toronto. And apparently, they didn't know. You know, mm. that's the story coming out this morning. Is you know, did you know about this a month in advance? And they're like, of course not. We put we put all of our advertising dollars into this guy for the last three weeks, and now he's not showing up. So, I think that's. That's a really, really bad look for him. Um, Taylor Gooch is a kid. I, I mean, he. I would say he's on the outskirts of maybe being a guy that could have worked his way into the Ryder Cup discussion. He's become a very, very good player. Um, was a high-quality college player at Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, he's not a Kevin Na whose career and his ceiling is pretty limited. Right. And he's not Hudson Swafford who... If if he makes fifteen million dollars from playing with these guys, it'll be fifth, it'll be nine million more than he'll make in the next three years playing on the tour. This kid Gooch could could be a legitimate kind of game breaking in, in that framework of a Sam Burns. Um, so that's that one was a surprise to me for sure. DJ not a surprise in that he's thirty seven. He hasn't played particularly well over the last year. He probably sees. What we all see, uh, these kids swinging the club at 125 miles an hour and 190 mile an hour ball speed, and they're beating him like a drum, and he's 37, and he probably looks at the numbers and says, okay, I got seven years left maybe to do this. I'm going to max out at $35 million on the PGA Tour if I have seven great years. I'll make $35 million plus my $2 million a year from RBC. Uh, maybe... Over the next seven years, maybe I make fifty million. These guys are going to give me a hundred million dollars for the next two years, and, and I don't have to win, right? And I only no, have to play to three up. days, yep. and, and I and I don't have to fool around with these pesky pro ams, and I don't have to whore myself to RBC. Like 
this is it's almost laughable. Yeah, all you got all you got all you got to do is hold yourself to the Saudi Arabian government. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm going to say about the thing in totality is I am dead red against it. I think it's awful. I think these guys should all be ashamed of themselves. But but I could have named if you would have said to me yesterday, hey, dude, the list is coming out. Pick 15 players. I would have been dead on with 15 of them. Right. Or 14 of them or 13. I would have missed Gooch and I would have missed DJ. But I would have been dead on with Westwood, Keimer, Oosthuizen, Garcia, Brandon Grace, like all the way down. I, w- I would have hit on every one of them because it's, it's, it is laughable money, right? Right. And it, and it kind of goes against, and you're a much bigger tennis fan than golf fan, but you know golf. Like This goes against the grain of the way golf and tennis, really. Both of those sports have been – it goes completely against the grain of what they've been built on, which is there's a tournament on Thursday. Show up with your clubs. Right play for 36 holes. If you're in the better half of the field, you're going to make money. Play 36 if more. If you aren't, you don't get any money that week. Right. And you go home and sulk until the next Thursday and come back and try it again. And oh, by the way, if you don't make it that week, you go back home again. And we don't, we don't really care if you don't make any money. Right. right. Well, but, but, you're, but you're probably going to make you do some... get money. Yes. You get money from your sponsors right. and you're, you know, it's not like you're broke, but the concept of golf has always, and tennis has always been, Show up with your equipment, and if you're good enough, you'll make money. And this this circuit is really the exact opposite. It's show up, and we're going to give you a boatload of money, and then play for some more. And there isn't a cut, so you're always going to make 120 grand. I mean, it, the, the last place dude makes 120 thousand dollars next week. So you know, if you're Andy Ogletree or James Piot or any of these amateurs that are coming in there and they're going to go after more of them. I think you'll, you'll, there's a kid, this week kid today playing for, um, playing for, uh, Arizona state. Mm-hmm. He, he's playing. Like, I think this is, this is going to be where they, and then there's the legality of Andy Ogletree will be able to say to the PGA tour, you can't ban me. I, I've, I was never on your tour. Right. I never signed any of the 1099 that, so documents. So that's, like, that's where this becomes interesting, right? Like, this becomes interesting in... Because this thing is going to fizzle out at some point, right? Like, they're not... This thing isn't going to exist for 10 years, right? Well, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think their they're biggest... This is what I think they're going to wind up doing. Um, I'll probably write, maybe write this tomorrow. I think what they're going to wind up doing is they'll play these these handful of events this year, it's obviously going to stir the pot. There are some lingering tentacles to this, like what happens to the U S open in two weeks? Are they going to, are they really going to tell Dustin Johnson he can't play? I don't think they're going to do that. Really? I, I, I don't, but that's the, I think but that's the USGA. So all of the, right, the- right. So the USGA is going to let him play. I think the RNA, um, I think the British open, could be a little bit of a different story because way more European players are in this live um, circuit than Americans. Right. I wouldn't be surprised to see the RNA draw a little bit more of a hard line on those guys. Okay. Now, what I think will happen is this first go around, they'll play their events. It, it'll be a hodgepodge of quality, and you can almost handpick right now the four guys are going to wind up being the top money winners. 
which is another thing. DJ probably looked at the field and said, yeah, right. holy cow, it'd be right. like Mike Trout going to play in the Cape Cod League. Right. I can kick like, these guys' asses, sure, yeah. I, I can hit 700 up there for the summer, right? So I think what they'll eventually do is they will become a September to January league or or tour. And I think they'll they'll pick up right after the end of the PGA Tour season. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, they'll compete with the startup of the NFL and the startup of the European soccer and all that. But they're, they're not going after those people. They're going after golf people. And I think that that's what they'll wind up doing. It might take a year. Um, and, and that's how they might. Because really, the people keep saying the PGA Tour isn't letting them play in the league or letting them play on the circuit. And that's not really true. What the PGA Tour has said is you can't play in events that conflict with our events. So that's really what they've said. But is, don't and the, when, doesn't the PGA still have like a silly season going on there? The, well, they do. They do. But they're mostly – and I think they're going to be changing that too because more and more – more and more – they just said this a few weeks ago. More and more of the top players are saying – you can go ahead and have those events in October and November, those those seven events that they have, but you can't count those in the FedEx Cup standings. That's what the that's what all of the marquee guys are saying. They're saying, go ahead and play that event in, in Napa in October. We're not coming, and you got to stop counting that as a as a, a an actual real tour stop. So I think that's what they may do. I think they may still have those events, and they may create a little eight week FedEx Cup light kind of thing and that's where the Denny McCarthy's of the world and some of those kind of players the Joseph Bramlett's and those guys that's where they'll make a nice chunk of money for eight weeks and then I think that this live thing will eventually become an off-season silly season is what you said and I think that's fair like that's what I think they'll do I think they're I think they'll figure out a way to still carve a niche still be able to get players and I don't think the tour will, I, I, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I'm not sure the tour would care all that much if they, because they do let them go play in Saudi Arabia in January right. when it's, when it's, when it conflicts with, as an example, yeah, didn't Harold when it just win a tour, tournament there. Yeah. He won a tournament there that yeah. conflicted with maybe the, the event at, um, maybe it was the Bob Hope, which is not called the Bob Hope anymore, but, um, everybody calls it that it, they will let them go, but like this, this next week is a prime example. It's if it ever goes to court, would be a prime example of why the PGA Tour doesn't want these guys to go play. Right. We we have a signature event in our season, the Canadian Open, with one of our largest sponsors. You know, the RBC people spend gobs of money on the tour, not just the Canadian, but they sponsor that RBC Heritage down in um, Hilton yeah, Head. Hilton Head right. They spend gobs of money in golf. And next week, you're going to put an event on opposite of us and take, now in this case, really only one significant player. But what if next yeah, week, right. what if... Rory, Morikawa, Spieth, JT, and Cantlay yeah, all went and played over there. 100%. Yeah. Well, but so, this is boy. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. By the way, I, I actually remember something that happened in a Canadian Open once. That was where Tiger Woods hit that bunker shot. Right. That was correct. The most insane thing right. I've ever seen in my entire life. All right. Um. I mean, like, and I and I don't care at all about golf. And I still, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen in sports. Was that bunker shot that he hit? 
Um, Six iron over the water to beat Grant Waite. It's bonkers. It was the most bon- right. the most utterly ridiculous thing. How far did that ball travel out of the bunker? It was like 211, this something like that. And I remember the announcer saying, got to assume Tiger's going to just pitch this out. This is right. a tough break for Tiger. Right. This is a tough break. Uh, narrowly missing the fairway, and now he's in the bunker. He can't get there in two. He's probably just going to wedge this out with an eight or a nine iron, and uh, they don't yeah. have to knock it on and make it for a playoff. And uh, wait, it doesn't look like Tiger's got a wedge, though. What, right. What, what? And then all of a sudden, uh, and it was in dark. It was pitch dark. All of a sudden, uh, Tiger hits the green. And if, you've, if you've never seen this shot, just go YouTube it right now. It's the most yeah, right. ridiculous right. thing you'll ever see in Tiger, your life. Tiger Canadian Open. A lot of people say it's the greatest shot he ever hit. I mean, I don't. I, I guess the, I guess the him, chip, right? at, I mean, the chip at the Masters would be the only thing right. that would. But I would, I, I would say full shot. People would say full shot's the greatest full shot he ever hit it's, in his life. It, it might be the greatest shot I've ever. And again, I'm not. Right. I'm not you. Let's make that abundantly clear, right? Like I have no, no idea. But you're right. It's, so, it's somebody remarkable. might have. Somebody might have hit an amazing shot at the Greater Hartford Open once, and I'll never know about it, right? But like, my God, it's just the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. My only thought is what makes this interesting. Somebody would compare this to the, the like you made a tennis comparison. Somebody could compare this to, um, you know, once upon a time the barnstorming, the Virginia Slims tour, and how it is that the the ATP tour actually came about, and later the WTA tour came about because there was forced change, right? And that was the argument that Phil that Phil and a couple other people tried to make. The problem being that ultimately, fine, great, you want to force change. One, nobody really feels all that sorry for you. You're doing quite well. But you have every right to try to get every dollar you want to get, but you're you can't hide from the fact that you're taking it from a murderous regime, and that's the part that like I'll keep coming back to. If Dustin Johnson is allowed to play in the U.S. Open, what will the reception be? Like Phil Mickelson was yeah, scared I mean, to sure, play that, in the PGA um, Championship. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's there's look. You're going to hear a lot of people who get on their high horse and start talking about. Our government does business with Saudi Arabia every day, and all this other stuff. And 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 if that and if that in your arena, if that um, angers you or disappoints you, then voice your opinion and have at it. I think in this arena, it's awful. Yeah. I think to I think to shun you, the, your corporate partner that you've had for a decade, who has funneled millions of dollars into your pocket, and you know that you've earned and worked for, but but you made an agreement with them that you would represent them in the best way possible. And 10 days before the, their signature event, you leave and go and get in bed with these creeps. I, I just can't get over it. But it, and it doesn't, if it were Rory, I would be stunned. I'm not really that surprised by Johnson. Yeah. He, he is not going to Harvard anytime soon. Right. Right. He just... is well known for a guy who's just like, dude, I don't know, man. They offered me a hundred million. Yeah, I'm just gonna take I went the to the tour million. and said, "Hey, if you give me fifty, I'll stay." The tour said no, so I got to take the hundred million. Right? Like that's just his. He, you know, he's he he could have easily played Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I mean, he's done. Like all, that, by the way, he's done all right for himself. No, no, no. Yeah, he's yeah, done yeah. phenomenal. He's done but all right I'm for himself. Saying, yeah. I'm just saying, like this, it really isn't a big surprise to me that he did this. Because I've never looked at him with and thought, you know, boy, there's a guy that's there's a stand up kind of guy no, right I there. You. I hear you. All right, we, yeah. we, we've done enough of this. Drew Forrester, Drew's dot com. Are you at all itchy about Grayson Rodriguez? Like now that that Rutschman's here and the Orioles don't have five starting pitchers and Grayson Rodriguez is dominant, 
are you at all itchy about him getting here, or are you able to sort of separate and say, the hell, it's not like it's going to make a difference. There's no reason to be in a rush. Well, I, I think if he's ready to come up here and pitch, and, you know, I've always said this, and this is, I've said this for forever, when, back in the day when we used to do this for a living, like, just bring these guys up and let's get moving and let's try to get them better. And well, by the way, what, what, do, ex- what do we do for a living now? What, how would that's you describe good, that? That's a good question, actually. I, my wife asks me that all the no, time. I bet what she does. What do you do yeah, exactly? I bet she does. Um, I, I, I've always been of that mindset. I just bring them up and treat them fairly. And if they're ready to come up, service time, shmervis time, just bring them up and let's go. Right. So if he's ready, bring him up and let's let him pitch and get him some experience. And I know people are hot and bothered about Rutschman. He's hitting two hundred and he looks. And at times he looks a little overmatched at, at the plate. Here's new. I got a newsflash for you. He's supposed to look overmatched. Yeah, that's the way it works. He, yeah. it, correct. Get him up here. Let him let him play. Let him get. Let him catch tonight when it's 95 degrees. Uh, Robbie Ray is pitching. It'll make the game four hours, and he and Brandon Hyde will get in the fight again. Um, we do have that to look uh, forward to. You're all right about that. Do what? Yeah, we do have that to look forward to this evening. Yeah, right. Oh, and you know 100 percent because they won last night 10 nothing. You know tonight. The Orioles are going to score four or five runs early in a game on this guy, and he's going to make it into a turtle's pace, and Hyde's going to be all. And it's 95 degrees, and it's, people are angry, and like you know it's going to happen. Um, but I, I, I would love to see him up, bring him up, let's see what he does. I mean, obviously, Bradish hasn't been particularly effective other than that one start in St. Louis. But again, do you want him up here? getting battered around and learning or you want him down there triple a 11 strikeouts and six and a half or 6.1 innings of work i would rather have him up here and that that's what we said we, we talked about this earlier with bradish i i am there's no world in which i'm doing the bit where you say send bradish down right like that's not you're not getting me to do that he's here let him work through all this you know this season isn't what matters the wins and losses is as frustrating as it is to go through another year like this, and as much as you want to believe that, hey, them playing kind of decently for the month of May changes something, that's not the reality of the circumstances. And I, just, I can't handle this confidence thing. It drives me insane. You, you, confidence. He, he, here are the two scenarios. He can be on the bus right now, driving from Norfolk to Charleston or wherever they're playing. I don't even know. He could be on the bus and staying at the, the, you know, at whatever, at the uh, embassy suites and getting $34 a day per diem and having chicken tenders at the post-game buffet and three pretty girls hanging around. Or or he can be in Baltimore today uh, getting $108 a day, staying at one of the the high-rises they put him up in, and he's a Major League Baseball player. And when they fly wherever they go next week, He's on a charter, and he's treated like gold. And I got news for you. I know which way I'd be more confident. Right. I hear you. That, uh-huh. I, 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 you I hear you. But I, I still think there's a difference between Bradish and, and Grayson Rodriguez, though. Bradish is 25 years old, right? Like, he needed to be here. At, at some point, you got to get a guy here. And that was the Rutschman argument, is that, like, you, there's, there's no benefit to him being there. I don't know if I feel the same way about Grayson Rodriguez, who, Zach, he's 22, correct? Like, he's 22 years old. I don't know that he has to be here. Now, I don't know what the plan is. One thing that was brought up to me, our our buddy Steve Johnson was chatting with me about this last week and said, look, you're still dealing with a real innings ramp up here. The, The kid's pitched no more than 100 innings in his life. He didn't go to college. 
He never, he's never really stressed his arm in any sort of way. So as dominant as he is right now at AAA, the idea might be that they want to see him get past that 100-inning mark in the minors because they want to get him ramped up for whatever the number is going to be a year from now, 180, when he's in the major league rotation. And if that's the case, if that's what they're doing, I'm fine with that. Absolutely, 100%. Ding, ding. That's a great answer. And if, if that is what they're doing, hey, he's going to pitch 130 innings this year, and then we're shutting him down. Well, if that's okay, bring him up when he's pitched his 90th inning. Bring him up and let him make six starts in August. Right. I, I, I'm right. fine I with think, that. I do agree he needs to be here at some point this season. We're in agreement. At some point this season, Grayson Rodriguez needs to be in the major leagues and get through the thing that you're alluding to, the part where you come up and you're kind of shell-shocked and – my God, I hope Grayson Rodriguez is the guy that doesn't go through any of that. Well, it would be magical if that were the case. But you're kind of shell-shocked. You realize you know, how different Major League pitching is than Minor League pitching. Get through that this season. But I don't need it to be in June. As you point out, it's fine to me if it's in August. If he makes six starts in August, and then they get to the end of like they get to Labor Day weekend, and they say, that's the end of the, of the year for Grayson Rodriguez, I'm good with that. If that was right. the developmental plan that they had in place was to ramp him up innings-wise, and this is what they wanted to do, totally fine with it. I'm not in a rush with Grayson Rodriguez just because the Orioles didn't have a pitcher last night. It's... No, I, 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 I would sign off on all that. I guess, you know, part of this is we go, we do this all the time, right? We, we want to know the plan. Yep. We, we want the club to tell us the plan. And then on the flip side, though, and I did this because I ran a soccer team, but on the flip side is I'm not, I don't have to tell you anything. 100%. Like if I'm Mike Elias. I say, well, with, hey, I'm, I'm hearing those two goofs right now yeah. talk about, about Rodriguez. We have a plan, yes. but I'm not telling you what it is. Right, we're good. And by the way, I, I agree with that. I still, you know, as you and I talked about with Rutschman, that's all well and good until you get to the point where you're calling him up. And then you, you, at that point, maybe a bit more transparency would be nice. Maybe a bit more, hey, let me you, work. You mean, you, mean, you mean more than eight hours? Yeah, yes, and maybe not on a day where 100,000 people have other plans. Right. You know, like something right. like, right. like maybe don't call him up for the day of the Ravens' first uh, game this season, right? Like, maybe yeah, don't right. make that right. the day where you have Grayson right. Rodriguez make his first major league start while the Ravens right. are playing in New York. Just a suggestion right. that I would make. 100%, the, 100% agree. All right, right, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I got great news. Uh, yesterday I said it was the final day of the spring seasonal menu, but they found out that a couple of you hadn't gotten over there yet, and they made the decision to extend it for just a couple more weeks. So I can't give you the exact drop-dead date yet, but they've extended the spring seasonal menu by about two more weeks. So an opportunity for you still to get over, try the strawberry salmon salad, try the uh, the opener, the fresh flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. God, that number two sauce is so insanely good at Glory. If you've not had the number two sauce, I- I'd order on anything, wings, ribs, whatever. But the with the pork belly, it's so perfect. Um, the Cracker Jack Sunday, it's all delicious. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. And somebody is getting a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill just for participating in Would You Rather Wednesday today. Three scenarios. Number one, would you rather, speaking of Adley Rutschman, would you rather the Orioles today give Adley Rutschman a seven-year, $100 million deal today? Or... Uh, I'd just like to see him produce a little bit before they make that decision. Well, that's $12 million a year. He wouldn't do that. Um, well, I mean, when you're, for the next couple of years, he's only going to be making $4 million a year. 
But you're just saying if he were that dumb, would he would which no, one? No, would no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think. Why do you think that would be dumb? He would never do that. Why not? Because he's going to make. That's only one. That's only one year beyond arbitration. It's definitely more money than he would be making. It's no question it'd be more money than he would be making. That the argument is that a fair deal would actually be more like six years, seventy million dollars. But I, I think the or, the only reason the Orioles would do it is to make sure they get an extra year out of it. It's, but the answer is yes. Give him his hundred million. Just go ahead right now today. You don't need to see sure. anything else before you do it. Nah. Okay. It, look, uh, dude, a guy with that hair is not failing. <laughs> that's the, that's the, somehow right. that's better than your Texans helmet thing. I got to be right. honest with you. Let's just be, that's that's let's actual. Be about it. That's a, you you've never at, had new material in the history of your have, life. Have you looked at this kid up close? I, I get it. There's a lot. He to is like. not failing. Fair enough. Fair enough. There is no question about it. Right. I just tweeted out something about Bradley Cooper for you and I and, oh, and Ryan Shell. Oh, hang on a yeah. second. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, uh, you should read it real quick. It'll get uh, you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, I think you should read it. Read it. Read it without observation. Okay. Hang on a second. Oh, that's nice. And now you say, yep. I don't get it. It's there. You were tagged. I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> anyway, he's a he is a good looking chap. There's no question about that. He's a he's right. a good looking fellow. But, right. By the way, Man, I, have you seen? Did, my I, wife. Do you care at all? Said, you do, keep saying that. Do you care at all about Top Gun? I do not. Okay. I have. I, I there, mean, there's I wouldn't a, mind going to There's see a it, meme going around about what Tom Cruise and Kelly McGinnis both look like now and in the year 2022 and it is one of the wildest memes you'll ever see in your entire life. okay i'll go check that one out <laughs> um number two would you rather this is based on a true story would you rather yeah let's go back to your younger days because i know now you're a you're a, a man of the cloth you're not going to be uh, attending any uh, bachelor parties with with uh, young ladies pr- providing entertainment i understand that but let's just okay. go back a few years right let's go back to we did sign an oath as a, as Judas priest remember? I, that's 100 percent. we are uh, <laughs> I, now, I don't know if that does that expire at some I point think, or no it's a lifetime we are lifetime so i could you still have, have pre- you have to have one white russian a year well we're good <laughs> We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're totally good. So, Zach, whenever you get married, if you need, Drew and I can perform the ceremony because we are licensed Correct. Dudist priests. That's a fact. Correct. Uh, we had nothing to do. It was it was, it was an icy morning in Dallas, and none of our guests yep. showed up, and so yep. we decided to register so as Dudist priests. We came up priests. with that one. That's how we spent our morning. I can't believe that radio station didn't last. I can't believe. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't it, know it, what it, happened to our careers it after that. Demise. It was weird. Yeah, real weird. Um, that was the end of it. I remember taking off the headset and saying to you, like, dude, I think we might be near the end of our run <laughs> this, here. This could be about it. <laughs> this could be about it. All right, I think so, this could be it. So go back to your younger days. You're a young man, and you're headed out for a bachelor party weekend. Okay. Would you rather the weekend takes a turn when you have a little bit too much to drink and uh, uh, similar to the story of um, – uh, the the movie Hustlers, a stripper manages to get five thousand dollars out of you. Okay. Or it takes a turn because you find out after she's already disrobed that that stripper is an immediate member of your family. Oh, oh, jeez. Yikes! I don't know what to say to that one. Mm-hmm. Five thousand dollars. Is there a pass on this one? Nope. <laughs> there is not. Well, look, I'm pretty much broke. I I don't think I could part with the five grand. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't think I could wow. pay the five grand. Right. And that's now. You definitely couldn't a... have when you were a young man. There's right, no right, right. All right. All right. right. And number three, would you I rather... I thought you were going to tell me... I thought you were going to segue into the Ellen Page, Elliot Page thing. No, no, no. I wasn't going there. I okay. wasn't going there at all. I saw a picture of him the other day mm-hmm. with shirtless. I, I happy, I'm happy for anyone who finds happiness. I'm not... I, yep. that's, that's all I'm going to say. Would you rather number three... I don't know what you're that was a great to. movie, by the way, Juno. It, it, uh, I agree. Uh, UMBC has hired you as a consultant Ooh. to help okay. them add golf, bring golf back. Uh, I, I hear you. They're actually going to. It's a different sport. They're going to okay. launch football with the okay. goal of going FBS. They want to. They're, okay. they're going to launch it. They want to be an FBS program. Okay. There are two coaches who are really interested in the job, and you've got to make a hire. Okay. Would you rather hire Urban Meyer? Okay. Or speaking of strippers, <laughs> hire Ed Reed, who happens okay. to be bringing Rex Ryan along with him. Oh, I don't. I don't. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer, right? I don't know. Is it? Oh, sure. I mean, the content. Ed, first of all, Ed wouldn't even come. Ed would miss some of the games. <laughs> so Ed, you got to go with Ed and Rex. <laughs> Rex being around college kids and girls and the content you would get out of that. Uh, and Ed, there would be games I, where, I there would be, where I, Ed wouldn't come. Ed would I, say, I don't the think, game was at 1? I, I thought it was a 7 o'clock stop, game. Stop, stop. Ed's been a coach. Stop. Don't do I understand what you're trying to do. Stop. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm half right. Uh, but I would take it. I would take Ed Urban Meyer. Who cares? He doesn't do anything for me. But you got you. Were, I'm not Ed sure if you're aware. All he's ever done is win in college. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware. He's done in college. Yeah. He's won an awful lot of football games. A few, yeah. few championship games. I believe he coached the man. You've got twelve Tim Tebow posters on your wall. No, I They're, don't. I know. I know. It's only one, nine. two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten, eleven. I got eleven. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. Well, I did cut one. Uh, maybe it's 12, technically, because I cut the one where he and his girlfriend in the bikini were in the hot tub. I cut her out, and I just right, put him Right, it's him just up. him. Yeah, actually, it's weird. You put his face on her body, which is an even right. stranger. Right. Even stranger. Yeah, All he right. was just in town. Uh, was he? For, for what? He just did a huge speaking engagement at Youth for Christ up in um, up in uh, Carroll County. Oh, how, did, how did they manage to keep you away? How did they manage... I would have sworn about. Oh, oh, you were there. I was front and center. I was going to say, did you, did you, or did you not throw panties at him during the course of the? No, now you know I'm not going to tell you that on the air. Uh, What's coming up? Not admitting to that on the air. What's what's coming up on Fairways and Greens this Sunday? Fairways and Greens, um, big show coming up Sunday. Michael Crowley, who, uh, full disclosure, played for me at Coward Hall and is now at Loyola, and recently qualified for the sectionals of the U.S. Open. He will be playing on Monday at Woodmont for the chance to go to the U.S. Open. So we're going to talk to him on Sunday, talking to Elisa Hermes from Maryland State Golf Association about their June schedule of events. And we're finishing up the Breaking 90 project, uh, getting everybody who is a hundreds shooter into the Breaking 90 arena, and then we're going to start Breaking 80 after that. Yeah, well, so. yeah you might be. That that probably won't be happening for your pal, Glenn. That probably won't be the case. All right, uh, at It's a Hooded 4-Iron on Twitter, DrewsMorningDish.com. Fairways and Greens, Sundays at noon on 105.7 The Fan. Thanks, buddy. Yes, sir. Talk to you next week. Drew Forrester checking in with us here on GCR. Um, I believe we might actually have to uh, squeeze in Richie Palacios here in a couple minutes. So why don't we grab a break? Why don't we do that? 
Um, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance, and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Richie Palacios from The Guardians, former Towson standout, next, Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Thursday, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It is the best place to be for the NBA Finals, which get underway Thursday night, game one between Boston and Golden State. So many incredible props available during the NBA Finals in the FanDuel Sportsbook. They are really offering you incredible ways to attempt to make money. 61 self-service kiosks for you to get your bets in during the games. And those kiosks are open 24-7, so if you have strange hours, like if you work a job that requires you to be there overnight, then no worries. You can still get into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and get your bets in. That's the way it goes with those 61 self-service kiosks that are open 24-7. If you want to reserve your spot for Game 1 on Thursday, Game 2 on Sunday, 
Best thing to do is to email events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com in order to reserve your table or your reclining chairs or whatever it is that you're looking for. All right, so um, a couple things real quick. One, Richie Palacios, they're playing an afternoon game today. This is the – keep going back. The holiday is to blame. They're playing an afternoon game today. They were called into a meeting. We're going to have to move that to tomorrow, which is a bummer. And I'm disappointed about it, but that's these things happen. Uh, we understand, so we'll catch up with Richie Palacios tomorrow on the program. Still to come today, uh, Maryland football coach Mike Loxley is going to check in with us. We need to play. We need to dive back into Would You Rather Wednesday. I let Drew answer those scenarios, but let's uh, you and I, Zach, discuss them a little bit. Let's do it. Would You Rather Wednesday, again, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Everyone that participates registered to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days. You just got to get in. Um, on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Those are the ways for you to get your responses in. From, uh, oh, I guess I'm going to let uh, Zach respond first. Would you rather, number one, would you rather the Orioles today give Adley Rutschman that seven year, $100 million deal, or mm-hmm. I'd just like to see him perform a little bit before you do that? Give him the money. No brainer. $100 million is over you know seven years is not a drastically huge amount of money in today's game and I think that getting that extra year um, beyond arbitration will end up paying off for the Orioles in, in, in a big way um, you know as, as Drew said he thought it wasn't a lot I think that's actually probably a little bit high it's somewhere in the middle it, of Key Brian Hayes and Wander Franco two guys but who Wander Fr- remember Wander Franco was 11 years yeah it was 11 years 182 million I believe mm-hmm. we said so you know, I, so th- they weren't just buying him out of arbitration years. They were giving him, they were giving time, him sure. a contract. They, that was his is more like the Fernando Tatis deal. Yeah, and as you mentioned to me before the show, that if you you know add in eleven years for Adley Rushman, that could be his entire That's career. Yes. I mean that that could be it because catchers generally don't last that long in this league. And by the way, outside of ba- guys like Molina, based on what the responses are, I I kind of wish I would have done that. I kind of wish I would have presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, live and learn sometimes. I would still I almost, take the 11 years. If, if it was 11 years, $200 million. I'd still take that. I, still I, that. I think that once Rutschman, you know, ends up at the end of this first deal, whether he just, you know, goes through arbitration normally or they buy the, you know, buy him out for seven years and $100 million, whatever it is, after six or seven years, next time Adley Rutschman becomes a free agent, he's inevitably going to get a lot of money. And I think 11 years, $200 million, would make a lot of sense right now. I, you know, like Drew Forrester said, I mean, there is, but what if he becomes Matt Weeders? You're still getting a good deal. Matt Weeders was an elite defensive catcher. He was, but an 11 year, 200 million dollar catcher. I mean, that's a little much. But the Orioles look they ha- they have money. You know, you, they you'd say that contrary contrary to popular belief, the Orioles do have a lot of money. They just haven't given it out in a, you know in in a long time because they've been going through a rebuild. So they have money, and I I do believe they're going to spend when it comes time. And I think Adley Rutschman is a worthwhile investment. Now, yeah, we haven't seen anything proved at the major mm-hmm. league level. But we know that there is probably a greater than not chance of Adley Rutschman succeeding at the major league level. If he becomes Matt Weeders, you still get a guy who has longevity. Um, you know, he, he got injured a little bit early in his career. I know it, was, it wasn't the, the cleanest injury history for Matt Weeders, but look, he, he provided incredible defense. He, you know, hit, or at least early in his career, hit like 20 home runs per season. That's fine by me. That is a fine player. I. It's definitely a fine player. 
and it's not Chris Davis. No, right? it's not like, Chris And Davis. that's the thing. The only people that have kind of have balked about this are the people that have referenced the Chris Davis contract. And it's just sort of said, I don't see a correlation here. There's no, there isn't a correlation because there's few correlations in the history of baseball. <laughs> there's like Ryan <laughs> Howard, true. and that that's about the list, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the Chris Davis contract was so incredibly bad mm-hmm. that there's it's very rare to compare anything to it, right? Um I look, I've said before, I think the night that you announced that deal could be even more electric than Adley Rutschman's first game. Yeah. And part of that is because you screwed up Adley Rutschman's first game, but whatever, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that now. Right. Like you almost get a second try. If you remember how electric it was the day the Orioles announced the Adam Jones deal, and with no offense, we have we pray that Adley Rutschman comes something similar to Adam Jones, but even at, at the time Adam Jones was not even as highly regarded as Adley Rutschman is. Right, right. And it was, I mean, this city was, was it was bizarro world that a- Adam Jones was agreeing to a deal to stay in Baltimore for, for years to come. It's just not something that we saw. We didn't right. see players. These, the sides didn't do it. What it would do for this fan base to announce a commitment to Adley Rutschman, even before we've seen Adley Rutschman look like the star that we hope that he becomes Mm -hmm. that the value of that would probably be worth a hundred million dollars. Not really, but you know what I mean? Sure. You'll get, you'll get fans in the seats because you're showing a willingness to spend. And I think there's a lot of people who doubt that from the Orioles. The value of the belief that comes along with, okay, you guys are serious. Like you guys are doing it. It's so overwhelming. The answer is overwhelmingly yes to me. And it's been overwhelmingly yes from all of you. So, I clearly should have gone with something different. Let's move to number two. Well, I think it's a conversation to have. Um, you know, I, I don't really know. Like, I the only people that have that have said the other is the people like like John Proctor referenced. Um, he ultimately said he would do it, but he referenced the Chris Davis thing. Hey, like I remember that I said I wanted them to spend the money on Chris Davis, and mm-hmm. I looked stupid. That didn't work out so well. What do you say? I'd uh, I'd like for them to give him the big contract, but I also wanted to see Chris Davis sign to keep him here. I guess sign him, but I'd be sweating the entire seven years. See, I'm not, though, because six of them, he's going to be around for the most part anyway. It's just a lower salary. I mean, you're paying him a I, little I bit think, more. I think the fear that a couple of people still have is that if it if he doesn't pan out, the Orioles use it as their excuse to not sign anybody else. Like, that. that's... The real issue, Maybe. the real issue with Chris Davis, and this is what we said at the time. Like in hindsight, I of course was on board with giving money to Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. I was. What are we talking about? Absolutely, you pay Chris Davis. I think everyone. But moves, when yeah. I said that, I said very clearly, as long as it's not the only money you're spending. Mm-hmm. If this is the only money that you're spending, you're nuts. There's only if you're only spending money on one player. Manny Machado is the one player to spend money on. Oh, right. And you're going to pay him, what, four to six million dollars once he gets to the end of arbitration anyway. He's going to start getting paid a you know substantial amount. So you're not really paying him that much more, that much drastically more than what you would have been in the first place on a seven-year deal. You're just paying him for that extra well, if he, more if he, or less. Especially if he, pan, if he pans out. If, if he, he pans, pans out, right. out, then you're going to be paying him it's a lot plenty, of money in arbitration it's plenty worth anyway. It. It's plenty worth it. Um, but if he doesn't pan out, and that's the scenario that we're talking about, if he right. doesn't pan out... If they give a guy a hundred million dollars, and he's not even Matt Weeters, mm-hmm. right? Like he's just—he's a fine defensive catcher, but fine. Maybe there are injury issues that make it more difficult for him to be behind the plate all that much, mm-hmm. right? He's not that—he's just an okay bat and nothing more. Does then the organization use that as an excuse for? Well, this is why we don't give out big contracts. This is why. The next number one pick, we're not going to do this with. Right, and that's right. the fear that 
that some Orioles fans still live with because of things that have happened in the past within this organization. Yeah. And we can say, hey, it's not fair to hold you know, John Angelos accountable for things that his father did. I hear you, but for most people, it's going to have to be the exact opposite. Right. You've got to prove to me that you're different. You have to prove to me why it is that you're not just an extension of every other decision that's sure. been made in the history of this franchise. So for a small – look, overwhelmingly people, it's – go ahead, give them the money. But there are a couple of people that still have trepidation of – Fair enough. If you do this and it doesn't work out I, – I, and by the way, the, the best response I got from someone, uh, Chris said, why can't you wait another year? What would the difference really be? And that's a – you know, it's a fair question. Yeah. It's why does it have to be today? It doesn't. Is the price going to go up that drastically if Adley Rutschman has a strong second half of the season? No, probably the, not. The circumstances I mean, all remain the same. I don't because I think a hundred million is probably generous on the Orioles' side anyway, and right. I think it promotes a lot of goodwill from the organization to Adley Rutschman. They're saying we want you around. We're, we're giving you an extra year, and we we're paying you literally more than we had to. We now, didn't, it we, might we it, didn't have to. It give might you this be deal. more if you were looking to do the the Wander Franco deal. It might be more mm-hmm. if you're looking to do the lifetime deal. Mm-hmm. It might be that a strong second half of the season goes from being an eleven you know an eleven year hundred eighty million dollar deal or eleven yep. year two hundred million dollar deal suddenly being more like a no, if you want us for the rest of our career, it's got to be closer to three hundred million, something like that. I don't know, but I would say that once Adley Rutschman, say he were to be here for six years mm-hmm. under arbitration, normally, mm-hmm. and he becomes a free agent, or he stays here for seven years under that hundred million dollar deal, I think he's a lot more likely to stay in Baltimore, given everything works out. Um, on or on that seven year deal, they would be just regularly going through arbitration on the six year. Oh deal. yeah, I mean they would. I think they it's would, more like it would it would build up something. Yeah, I don't know. And I, it might show goodwill to. I, I hear what you're saying, but I still agents. think ultimately at the end of the day, the, the way that plays out is do you offer the most money? I I know what you're saying about goodwill, but it's yeah. so it's so rare if a player gets to free agency that that matters. Yeah. Once they get to free agency, there's one answer and one answer only. Money, sure, right, sure. Now, if what you're saying is you think that presents a better opportunity for you to try to do a deal before he gets to free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll listen to it's that. It's a possibility there. I, I also just said that I, I think that other free agents could see that and say, hey, the Orioles are willing to give out mm-hmm. money. That's They're willing to make these moves, and I want to sign with them I, because they're, they're a team that's you know showing goodwill towards their play. I still think it comes back to the value is more about for your fan base than it even is True. for yeah. any of these other esoteric things. Sure. right? I think it's way more about saying to your fan base, we're not effing around any longer. Agreed. We Agreed. mean it this time. Yeah. We're serious. We want to do something. Yeah. That's what I think the value is. All right, number two. This is a true story from the New York Post <laughs> that I saw Jeremy Kahn share this morning. I did see this. Where a uh, young lady shared on TikTok. Mm-hmm. She works as a stripper and unknowingly ended up stripping at her brother's bachelor party. And did not, it did not become aware to her that that's where she was until after she already had her clothes off. I think she needs to pay a little more attention. Yeah, the, but John Proctor trying to mess around with this, by the way. Don't try to call this up. Um, I mean, wouldn't she not be that drunk in this scenario and recognize you? The rooms are dark. You're not paying full attention. You're not any of those hold things. Hold up, though. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Right. When she got hired to do this. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm well, assuming... I don't know if this happened at a. St- I, I didn't read the story. I got to go back and read the story. I don't know if this was a private thing mm, where like okay. a stripper came to somebody's house. Yeah, I was gonna say, or the, she was just working at a club where she, she works. Came there, there was probably like a name under the quote unquote order. But so she would have recognized the name. No, what do you mean? Even if it was one of his friends and not him. Uh, say that one more time. So if if there was a name under you know any of like you have to you have to put in a name because you're paying for this, correct? So. Wouldn't she have recognized the name? When you say a name, if you're just a girl working at a strip club, well, that's a different story. I'm saying, a, I'm saying if they did yes, this privately and private, she came there, yeah, maybe. But I don't know who hosted it. I don't know. True, I don't know. And by, also, by the way, I don't know how <laughs> close this brother and sister are. Right? Okay, like, fair, fair. Like fair, we do fair. have to keep that in mind. Like the, not every brother and sister is very close. Or that's true. She might not even know that her brother was having a bachelor party. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so yes, if the name, if the it's under someone else's name and it's at someone else's house and she's being hired for a private event and the details. Hang on a second. Uh, she didn't provide a lot of details. She just sent out. I don't one, blame her. She just sent out one tweet that said, "I ended up being the scripper at my brother's bachelor party and didn't realize until I was completely naked." That's amazing. It really she is. Appears to be a lovely young lady, by the way. Uh, you know, good, good for her. Um, it's really funny. I mean, this probably is probably unfortunate for him. Um, probably, wow. probably an awkward situation. But yeah. it creates this "Would You Rather" Wednesday. <laughs> Would you rather? You are a young man. Uh, yeah. W- without you don't, you don't w- w- have a lot of a disposable income. Without much money. Yeah. Correct. You're out for... doesn't have to be your own. Any badge... By the way, do you have a sister? I do not have a sister. All right. I have a brother. So you have to not imag- a stripper. Imagine that you have a sister. You have to... Like, <laughs> okay. Or, or it becomes another close family member, okay. right? Sure. You're out maybe for your buddy's bachelor party. Mm-hmm. You're out at one of the local establishments sure. you're having the time of your life you're imbibing yeah. everybody's having high fives all around what a great night this is mm-hmm. and then you look up and you realize that the person standing naked on the stage and you get a better look at the f- you're like oh my god well that's my sister or <laughs> or wow or i don't know if you ever saw the film hustlers starring mm-hmm. cardi b and jennifer lopez you end up being the victim of a sort of a scam where a stripper got you uh, intoxicated and mm-hmm. uh, ended up uh, finagling about $5,000 out of you. Well, like $5,000 is like a third of my net worth at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that um, I'm going to say I'll take you're the, the family the emo- member You're going to deal with the emotional scarring. <laughs> well, look, the- it, you, you, can, you can hide your eyes pretty quickly, right? I yeah, mean, but like, you still saw it. You, you, can't, just, yeah. you can't take that part back. You still saw it. I'm just questioning the decision-making on both sides here. Like, what, you, keep, what, you keep trying to make it seem like this th- This couldn't I, happen. I feel this like, could happen. I feel like someone really made a huge mistake here. I don't know. I... I I feel like but this wouldn't. I feel like this wouldn't happen to anyone else. That this brother and sister pair needed a better uh, education, clearly, because something something went wrong I, I, here. Again, you're shaming now. I'm not. If, I'm just if saying. If someone gets into the business as a stripper, they get into the business as a stripper. No, that's, not for my point. that's not my point. No, I'm saying that but, someone should have figured this out before it happened. Okay, again, that's my point. Y- you. Uh, this makes sense if you're close. If you guys are close, your scenario makes okay, sense. Okay, that's true. That's if true. you're not close. This can let's just say, for example, there's like a ten-year age difference or something like okay, that. Okay, fair enough. You're not. You don't talk. I mean, my sister and I are close because um, we're two years apart, mm-hmm. right? And I, even though we're, we say we're close, I, I see her tops once a month. Tops, okay. right? Um, there are plenty of families that aren't even that close, right? Like, and it's not like I hate you thing. It's just a we just don't see each other. You have your own yeah. life. I have my own life. We don't have that much in common. I do my own thing, you do your own thing. So the response of, well, wouldn't you know, like, w- that your sister works as a stripper, and wouldn't you be like, hey, you're not working this night, right? 
<laughs> maybe your sister didn't want to tell your family that she was working as a stripper. You've changed my mind. That actually makes Ma- a lot of sense. Maybe your sister said, hey, look, I'd rather my family not know about the fact that I'm mm. stripping, so I'm not going to tell them. And you go out not thinking at all about the idea that maybe your sister is a stripper. <laughs> it doesn't cross your mind in any way. You're just enjoying the night. Right. And suddenly right. you're like, what the? It's dark in here. Because I assure you, most of us are not worried too much about the faces when we go to the strip club. Not the first thing we're looking at. That is well. That's a, you just changed my mind because that makes a lot more sense. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna take the option with the uh, the family member because I can't afford to lose five thousand dollars. I can't afford to lose a thousand dollars, Glenn. This is tough. This is a tough one for I, me specifically, when, being when my I, when age. When it accidentally went up as a thousand dollars, I happened to notice like the first three people were like, "Yeah, a thousand dollars," because like it's definitely a hundred percent. If you said to me, either you have to see your sister naked or you can pay a thousand dollars get out of it. Yep, just get thousand dollars. I don't want to have to deal with it. There's something. There's something about that that is going to be a problem for a very long time. Look, if anyone wants to have that free thousand dollars, they want to give it to me. I, I appreciate it because it sounds like everyone has but a lot you of then disposable to, income. You then out have here. to see your, you have to see uh, your sister naked then in that scenario. So it's five thousand dollars or the emotional scarring. That's the thing. It's it's, it's not even emotional scarring. Like it's Drew that, said, is there a pass off? That exists forever. Yeah, forever, it does. It does. you have to deal with that. Forever, yeah. mm-hmm. you have to deal with the fact. That, that whenever you you get together at Christmas, that's there. <laughs> that's true. You're 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 mm, you, get in, ha- you get into a relationship at some point, and you ask your your mm. your your fiance asks you why it is that things are weird between you and your sister. You have to explain that story to her now. You certainly do. You certainly do. It seems like that's worth five thousand. Well, I, I just think I tell my sister. I mean, this is it. You know, have a nice life. Um, it's been nice knowing you. And it's this is it for us. I mean, I'm not. I really don't think I can see you we'll anymore. Never, we'll never see each other. Right. I think again. that's the way you have to go, and that's it's, the option it's, I'm going to pick. It's five thousand dollars to get rid of this your sister from your life eternally. What if I don't even like her? I mean, there's a lot of context around this. Maybe my yeah. maybe I hate my What's sister wrong already. With you? What is wrong with you? Um, John Proctor says, "Yeah, Glenn doesn't look at faces, only the penises." Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Proctor. Uh, Proctor happens to know that my my bachelor party cost me damn near five thousand. Glenn, would, would this be? I basically had wow. five thousand wow. dollars swindled from me. Glenn, if this was your brother, would it be a difference? I do have a brother, not a stripper, but <laughs> wait, if, if wait, this was your brother, would it make a difference for you? <laughs> Why would? No, I guess it wouldn't, right? I mean, it would be the. I no, 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 no. I'd, it would be far less awkward for yeah, you. Yeah, see, seen that's the thing. Way less awkward for you to have seen your brother. I mean, yeah. like at some point, you guys probably went to the. You probably peed together at some point in your life, you know. Like this, you, you might have gotten drunk. Not, not going to confirm or deny. Yeah, right. Like you might have gotten drunk one night and and you you act you went streaking or something like that. Wow, that that didn't happen. Like something um, like that could have occurred at it, some it, point. So like yeah, theoretically, I, it's far less awkward to me if it's your brother. If it's well, your yeah, if yeah. it's your sister, it's there's a level of you you can't come back from that. You just can't. There's <laughs> that's, no way to come back from that. Yeah. There's just no way to ever be okay again. That is very, if very true. If that's the case. Um, but it is a lot of money, as uh, you point out, especially when you're a young man. Uh, however, uh, my man Doodoo Brown says, money is temporary, emotional and mental damage is forever. That is yeah, fair. That's, that's true. That but is fair. That is the point that I'm trying to make. If you end up living in your car because of the situation, then, uh, you know, that's a problem. Uh, Brian, option one. Even though I just I lost five thousand dollars, I want to know that I had the ability to lose five thousand dollars. I have no idea what that feels like. I'm glad at least Drew sided that, with me on this. If that's the case, then you don't really. I, I, Brian, I I don't know what you're trying to say there. I'm not really sure what the, <laughs> what you're trying to say there. I um 
from from Dan. Dan says, Glenn, how young? Because if we're talking about before 25, there is simply no way that I could have lived through losing $5,000. I ultimately would have had yes. to have gone back to my parents and explained to them what happened. Or I would have had to have gone to court to try to sue the stripper, and then <laughs> that would have cost me more than $5,000. So at the end of the day, I might have no choice... Wait, you're suing? Why? Why are you suing the strip? She finagled five thousand dollars. That was a story. And did mean, you see Hustlers? I did not see that movie. The story was they would basically drug you to get more money. Oh well, you. then yeah, you could right. Definitely sue her. Like definitely sue her. So if it's a hustler style story, you could sue her. But the the lawsuit is gonna. You have to hire an attorney. Yeah. You have to do all those yeah. things over $5,000. You're not going to do it. What happened was, if I remember correctly from the movie, ultimately they did it to someone who was extraordinarily wealthy and just sued them for the point of getting them to stop. Mm. Or they went... Or, I mean, I don't think he... See, I might be changing my mind now. Because if I see the face of the person who stole $5,000 from me, then I can probably get it back, right? Like I, There's mm. a decent chance. Decent chance. No. no you're never going to get back. That's you're part not, of the story. Okay. You're not going to go that because you have... Do you know how much it costs to get an attorney? Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a whole lot of money. By the time you go through all of that, mm, yeah. you're going to realize this was not worth it. It just yeah. wasn't worth it to you to go through all of that versus just being out the $5,000. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my original plan then. If I'm not going to get the 5000 back at some point. By the way, Proctor said, I left a Google review for that establishment after you were <laughs> swindled. I, but didn't we go back to the same establishment for your bachelor party, Proctor? Didn't we go back to the same place? Wait, Glenn, how much did you get swindled out of? Uh, it wasn't... I don't remember what the number was. I, I, mm. I don't want to think about it. Okay. I, I, I remember... Another like, another point of emotional I, scarring I, for I Glenn. I did the math because there were other issues related to my bachelor party where like, I had to go... I ended up in a, an emergency room the next day. Oh, God. And I did like the total math on how much the entire night cost me. And I was like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. I'm pretty sure I put a young lady through college oh, that good. particular evening. He says it was I. Proctor still remembers. Oh, God. Thanks for the reminder. Proctor tells me that I personally, just from the uh, the, the young lady that took advantage of me, $1,200. Okay. Well. At least she got a uh, business education. Didn't we go back there for your bachelor party, Proctor? I Might have to call to him God. in. I swear to God. Maybe, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to talk about that. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah, nobody's watching. Who cares? All right, uh, number three. Would you rather? You're in charge. UMBC's hired you. Okay. They're launching football. At some point, they want to go D1. They want to go D1. They want to go FBS. Okay. It's going to take a, a couple years sure. to get there, but sure that's the plan. The, the plan yeah. is we got to get there, and you are hiring the coach to get us there. Hmm. Would you rather – there's two guys that are interested. Would you rather hire Urban Meyer, currently unemployed? <laughs> yeah, currently for, good, been, for good reason. Apparently there's been some rumors about him going back to Bowling Green. Currently unemployed. Wow. Available. Three-time national champion. Three national championships. Yeah. Or – the guy that apparently uh, uh, wanted uh, the Morgan State job, Ed Reed, who can bring Rex Ryan along with him. Well, I'm steering clear of Rex Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that be known. Rex Ryan, but is, he's not gonna be the coach. He would just be there. To, he's just a. He's probably gonna be like offensive coordinator. Though. Well, he's probably not be something. offensive coordinator. No, he would probably sure, be defensive. defensive whatever. He was. He was a. 
He yeah. was a terrible ca- jo- a coach for the Jets. I mean, I, he was a t- he went to two AFC Championship games. Uh, what are you talking uh, about? That, he went to two AFC uh, Championship games with, let's with look Mark effing Sanchez as his quarterback. I, I want to look up. What are you talking I look about? Up Rex Ryan's terrible coach. NFL record. I think that may put, put this in a little more context. It can't I, be I mean, good. I think the, the last seasons probably weren't all that great. No, but he was an outstanding head coach. I don't know what you're talking about. I would about. not. Okay, fair I, enough. Fair enough. Maybe the our, guy took the Jets. Okay, the so New York Football Jets to back-to-back AFC Championship games yeah, with Mark yeah, Sanchez. That is that is a good point. That's one of the most unbelievable sentences in the history of football. Six, Sixty-five and sixty-eight in, in his career, but the last couple it's a, years, it's a heck of a lot better than Urban Meyer in his NFL career. Right, so I'll, NFL I'll give him career. that. But we're not hiring an NFL coach. No, we're not. But um, it's part of the context here. Urban I don't Meyer. Know why. Urban Meyer was a fantastic coach, like you said, three national championships. But he's also not a great person. You know, no. k- kicked his kicker and uh, has done some things that are not exactly. We talked about strip clubs but, a minute ago. But, I mean. he, but he wins a lot. But he, <laughs> he, wins he sure an wins awful a lot. lot. He, he's not the um, not the cleanest cut guy. But um, you know what? I'm going to go with Urban Meyer here. I don't really. I've never seen Ed Reed coach a a college football team, so no. I have no reason to believe well, that Ed there's Reed, reason for that. Right. I have no reason to believe that Ed Reed could lead our team to a national championship. And certainly I don't think UMBC is getting to one of those, even with Urban Meyer, but I think Urban Meyer probably gives you a better chance to win, even though we're just going to have to put some policies in place and make sure the guy's under a, uh, a close watch. He's not, you know, violating people's human rights. Uh, more people, this one's a little bit closer to 50-50, but more people still going with uh, Ed Reed here. Really? And, and by the way, and I think it's a Baltimore thing. Proctor's answer is, is exactly what you're talking about. It's pure emotion and nostalgia, and I don't care. Be his first stop before he becomes an NFL coach, maybe. Uh, Brian Reynolds, Meyer, he has shown the ability to win in college. Yes. Sorry, but I have no idea if Reed can coach or recruit. Um, you don't. You don't know that. I mean, he's right. been working. We have to be fair. He's been working as, I believe, the director. Of, uh, My dad weighed in. Oh? Anyone but Meyer. Anyone but Meyer is his. Is just, uh, why, why does he? My dad is not an Urban Meyer fan, not at all. Well, I think there's a lot of people that aren't <laughs> Urban Meyer fans. Yeah, that's he's uh, pretty pretty against Urban Meyer, and I think a lot of people are, frankly, after what happened in Jacksonville last year, and and probably what happened in his many years of college coaching. But from the guy wins <clears throat> from Orioles idiot Reed after the Jaguars fiasco. Meyer is the last guy I want to be the face of a brand new program. Ed is untested, but I would feel good about his ability to build from the ground up. Plus, with those guys at the helm, local interest in retrievers football would be through the roof. I think if Urban Meyer were your would coach, it? there'd be a lot of interest in that, too. Like, let's be fair about it. Yeah, that. like, he's going to bring you in free. Uh, and, and, and with all due respect, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, Ed, if Morgan State had hired Ed Reed. I don't know that there are 100 Ravens fans that just show up because Ed Reed is coaching. He's not playing. I would not. He's not, not playing in the games. Right. I understand it would it would help him. Here's where it would help. It would help if he was willing to do all of the other stuff. If he was willing to go make the rounds, appear on all the the radio stations and TV shows and you know, go ha- walk in the the parades and show up at all the community. If he was willing to do all that stuff. Yeah. That would be beneficial cuz everyone would want him there. And you know, with no I'm not. I, I like Damon Wilson. Came off as a really nice guy. I, yeah. I enjoyed our conversation with him. But right now, if Morgan State called over the the Channel 11 and said, "Would you do a sit down in studio interview with Damon Wilson?" They'd be like, "Well, if maybe if we can find some time, we might squeeze it in, sure. or we'll put it on the website or something." Like they're they're not. You're not going to get that type of squeeze. Right now, does that turn into direct ticket sales? Does it turn it into? I don't know. 
ultimately the question becomes, do you win? A lot of people point out, they're selling an awful lot of tickets for Jackson State football with Deion Sanders at the helm. Now, Jackson State is in a place where it's not a pro market. It's in a college football market. They have a huge benefit in that way. I feel like there's a little bit of a difference. And, and, this, and no offense to Ed Reed at all, but I do believe there's a bit of a difference between Deion Sanders and Ed Reed. Just in the way... I mean, Deion Sanders has stayed around football, too. Post, you know, his NFL career. He was more career. of a media mogul and a pop culture figure than right. Ed Reed was. That's, that's my I, point. I, I yeah. still don't think people are just there to see... I, what I point is, I don't think people are just there because Deion Sanders is the coach. I think they're there, one, because Jackson State is winning with Deion Sanders as they their are. coach. And he's a great recruiter, and, apparently. And two, yeah, he's definitely a great recruiter. And two... They're in a place where college football is the end-all, be-all. It's yeah. what people do is college football yeah. in the state of Mississippi. Right. That's right. not the There's case a huge here. Difference. And I, I think that you, know, you see as a player, like if you're a high school kid and you're looking to commit to a college and you see that Ed Reed is the coach versus Deion Sanders, who's been with Barstool and he's been on all of basically all of the national media channels mm-hmm. in the past. And he's... I mean, he's a pop culture figure, like you said. Deion Sanders carries a significant amount of significance, as weird as that sounds, but it's true. And Ed Reed, I mean, as famous as he is, he's one of the greatest defenders of all time. He's more known as a Baltimore legend than anything else. I don't know if you're going to go to to California and get the same reaction about Ed Reed as you would about Deion Sanders, or some random place in Nebraska, or whatever. I think Deion Sanders is always going to get a bigger reaction because he's a guy who's been in the media for a while, and he's been someone who carries a lot of notoriety, and the name is just such a, a big thing for so many people. And I think it's gonna it makes it easier for Deion to recruit. I mean, you see Deion Sanders as your coach and like, wow, that's you know, that's that's legit, right? And that's what that one kid did last year. I don't remember the name of the kid. Yeah, but I don't remember. He was a five star recruit right. who gave up, I think, an Alabama. Said, I want I want to work well, it was Florida State. Florida I wanna State. I wanna work with uh, Deion Sanders. Now there is talk there is some NIL stuff involved too, but whatever. Could have been. Whatever. I get it. Look, I and I, by the way, I do think that there. I think Ed Reed, if he really wants to do it, could be an outstanding... I've said this before. I think people don't under... When when Drew's doing his shtick about how kind of aloof Ed could be, mm-hmm. he's dismissing also how incredibly smart Ed oh, is. Oh, yeah, he is. And it's not just cerebral as a football player. Ed is is incredibly intelligent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's an unbelievably smart guy. Does he want to do all of the other stuff? Does he want to... To your point about Deion Sanders, does he want to pour himself out to do tons and tons and tons of media mm-hmm. to try to get more attention? I don't know. Knowing what I know of Ed, that's probably not his style. He's probably right, not exactly. all that interested in doing all of that other stuff in order to try to get himself out on the forefront everywhere. He's more just someone who kind of wants to do football. He's like, a quieter, more reserved guy. And I think that's always the way he's been. He's always been one. I mean, he, with the Ravens, he was always the guy to kind of just work in silence mm-hmm. and not put himself not, out there not too necessarily much. And, I think people don't realize how passionate Ed Reed was. Oh, sure, I mean, very much. But a lot of people remember his speech at Miami all those years ago. He's not the the loud and, um, I, I don't want to use the word abrasive, but just kind of out there guy like like Ray Lewis was. I mean, mm-hmm. Ray Lewis was the guy that was almost the spokesperson for that team because he was always just putting his opinions out there and, and putting everything on, you know, as, as kind of a show. I like this Whatever one. he was. I like this or one, Chris. Ray Lewis. Chris says, Glenn, as a fan, I'd like for it to be Ed, but based on the scenario that you set up where I'm being judged in my job by the success of the hire that I make, I have to go with the guy that I know is a winner. And as much as we don't right. like Urban Meyer and as much as I wouldn't personally want him to coach my kid, <laughs> ultimately, if I'm going to be judged by the hire that I make, I've got to go with the guy that I know wins everywhere he is. Will he right. probably leave after a couple of years if he does win? Yes, but at least he will have won in order to get things set up. 
I've got to make that choice. That's a very, I, Chris, I like that. Based on the way that I asked the question, I think a lot of people are responding as fans, as I, I want the guy that I love to be the coach. Right. But what I said was, you're the guy that's hired as the consultant. Your job, what you're being judged by, is the success of the program. And based on that, you can't hide from the fact that however he does it, despite the fact that people don't seem to like him at all, Urban Meyer wins Yeah. in college. Clearly not in the NFL. <laughs> not in the NFL. Now, might that change? Might it be more difficult for him after some of these stories will come out? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But And I think you always have the clock ticking on maybe. how long he's going to run oh, himself 100%. into a ditch. Right. Well, because I, that's or, what Urban Or, as, he pointed out, as Chris pointed out, if he succeeds... He's just going to depart because that's the other thing that sure. he does, right? Like, that's the other way it goes. Continue to give me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Someone is going to pick up a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. When we come back in, um, we're going to go a little out of order today. We're going to do tidbit. We're going to do tubular a bit earlier because we're going to wrap today's show by ch- catching up with Maryland football coach Mike Loxley. That's the way it's going to go. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. PressBox is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com to follow the show on instagram it's just glenn clark radio and to follow the show on OnlyFans, 
Wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. Hey, I know Stan the Fan was off on Monday night uh, because of the holiday, and it's been a little bit of an odd schedule because Stan was battling COVID, but he's going to be back this week. There will be a new Stan the Fan Gary Stein show coming for you. Uh, I believe it's lacrosse-related. Okay. I think it might even be with a national champion. I'll let, I'll let them explain that here in a minute. But uh, Stan the Fan will be back on Facebook Live this week, and I, it's either tonight or tomorrow night, and I apologize. I don't know off the top of my head. And should be with me on the Bataround on Sunday. Oh, yeah? Oh, very good. I Stan like that. Stan the Fan, And yes. we'll, of course, be doing one more thing this afternoon. Uh, one more thing will be at 3.30 today uh, with Stan and Luke Jackson and I this afternoon on Facebook Live. All right. Um, we're going a little out of order today. So, again, holiday week. Everything's gotten screwed up. Got to, had to move Richie Palacios for tomorrow, and I there were other things that I had moved to tomorrow because I thought our show was too busy today. We were supposed to meet. We were supposed to have a chat with the Norfolk Tides today. Eh, it didn't work out, so that might be Friday now. I had moved a couple other things. I moved Bowie to tomorrow because I was looking at the schedule for today. I'm like, we just got too much going on. Well, as it turns out, that if you knew all the behind the scenes stuff, like originally Mike Loxley was supposed to call in at eleven, so I had to move a couple of things around the idea of Mike Loxley calling in at eleven. Mm. So that's why Richie Palacios was going to do 11.30. Then Mike Loxley had to move to the end of the show. Then Richie Palacios did. Like, there was just so much happening. Booking is a whirlwind for, for and, GCR. And right now, like, we're, we're in the middle of it. We're in a transition with producers. Zach's filling in for the guy that's transitioning into the Like, it's yes, it's just crazy. And it's a holiday week. Yeah. It's just been nutty. So I apologize for that. Uh, it looks like we might end up having a very busy day tomorrow and maybe even a very busy day on Friday after that. But uh, just the way these things work somehow. But because Mike Lox is going to join us at the end of the show, we're going to go ahead and do now both Tidbit and Tubular ahead of that. I feel like there was something else that was on my list of things that I wanted to get to today, and I've just utterly and completely blanked. Uh, I do know the Ravens are back on the practice field. Um, I say back on the practice field. The Ravens are are doing OTAs again this week, and the media is there again today. So we know that yesterday they put out a video that showed that Marcus Williams was at OTAs this week. He after is. Yeah. He was not there last week. So one of the things I said when everybody was whining about Lamar Jackson, I was like, uh, Marcus Williams just got a contract and mm-hmm. isn't at this week of OTAs. Well, he's apparently there this oh, week. good for him. I don't know exactly what time they're going out there to see who else is at OTAs this week. I would think that if Lamar was there, the Ravens, via their social, would have made that clear yesterday. Abundantly clear, yes. I think that we can assume, because they didn't do that, that it means he's not there again this week. Mm -hmm. What you can also assume is I don't care. And no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get me to care. I'm with you. I will not care. In the same way, they don't care that Josh Allen isn't at Bill's OTAs this week because he's doing some stupid golf thing, and Patrick Mahomes isn't at Chiefs because he's doing some stupid golf thing, and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to get me to care about quarterbacks not being there. You I, Try as hard as you might. You will not get me to care about this. It is voluntary, or voluntary OTAs. I don't care. You can... All your bleeding hard stuff. Well, yeah, but... It, just as many practices you can get with new guys is good. Has never played any role whatsoever in who wins the Super Bowl. What the best you can come up with is it wouldn't hurt. And the most likely scenario is it wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt if Lamar Jackson was there. 
In the same way, the best thing you could ever say, every year when you bitched about Joe Flacco, oh, I see all these other quarterbacks uh, getting together with their wide receivers, and Joe Flacco's not doing that, has nothing to do with whether or not they were going to win. Because he didn't do that the year they won the Super Bowl. Correct. There is no correlation between these things, no matter how hard you try. The best, most practical thing you could say is, well, it couldn't hurt if he were there. Sure. There is zero proof that it helps in any way. No. None. Zero. The only storyline that's interesting is if there's a bigger problem than him just skipping voluntary OTAs. That being the what we what has been reported about the contract situation isn't actually true and the real scenario is Lamar has said you want to sign me here's the number sign me to that or I'm not signing Mm -hmm. and that number is the Deshaun Watson figure and the Ravens have said we're not doing that and that's created an impasse between Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson which is far different than the scenario that's been presented which is the Ravens want to talk to Lamar Jackson he doesn't want to do it if the story really is no, Lamar would love to sign a contract, but he's just not going to bother talking with you unless you're talking about a figure that's Deshaun Watson's figure because that's market value now. Right, right. If that's the story and he's skipping because of that or he's planning on holding out for the mandatory week of OTAs or into to training camp, then it becomes a real storyline that's significant. But just individually, Lamar Jackson not being there for voluntary OTAs You'll never, ever, ever, ever convince me that it matters. And what you are unwilling to consider is that scientifically, it is factually proven that it doesn't. Not in terms of who's going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe in terms of, you know, these guys becoming closer and going on vacation together or something like that. I don't. Maybe the more time they spend together at OTAs, the closer their friendships are and the more likely they are to get together and watch The Bachelorette. That might be something that comes from these weeks. But a correlation between voluntary OTAs and winning a Super Bowl does not exist. Tidbit. Tidbit. Brought to you today by... The print issue of PressBox. We are down into the final weeks of this print issue being on newsstands. Got to remember to bring one in here again. I don't know what happened to the print issue that I had. Adley Rushman's on the cover. It's a great story from Luke Jackson about Adley, about his uh, passion for catching, his passion for baseball in general. It is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Go pick it up today, this print issue of press box and you got to get it soon because within a couple weeks it's going to be gone daddy gone what you got for tidbits eh? so there have been multiple uh position players to have pitched throughout this season so far you've seen albert pujols pitch you've seen uh yadier molina pitch two of the the most interesting guys this year so far but chris owings last night became the first oriole to be a position player to pitch in the 2022 season which by the way you know not really part of my tidbit here but it's a big advancement by, for the By the way, there's a late push on people not wanting to give Adley Rutschman the money. All of a sudden, oh, really? like out of nowhere, 
Um, the Orioles statistics account said buying yeah. out his arbitration does nothing for me. If you're not going to extend his contract at all, all you're doing is overspending. Well, you'd be putting an extra year on it. Yes. You'd be getting one more extra year. And as I've said before, to me, it's not about that. It's about the fan base. Right. It's about what you're right. doing. You're not inherently wrong. I don't even know who runs the Orioles statistics account. I don't know, but they're a pretty yeah, prominent they've, one. They've certainly gotten a lot. You're not inherently wrong in your point. But what I would say back is this isn't really about Adley Rutschman. It's right. about your fan base. It's about getting people to believe that there's a there there. And I did specifically add in, instead of it being six years, I did put an extra year on because I do agree there's no reason. You don't do this for a six-year deal. You do this if you're getting something out of it in the seventh year. At least gives right. you one more year right. of the process. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on it. But all of a sudden, I just looked down. And okay. Then Grant followed up. <laughs> I don't see why you do anything. You got an $8 million signing bonus. The Orioles could still offer him a deal to get him paid well before free agency in two to three years. Yeah, that signing bonus um, doesn't really have. Doo Doo Brown, give me another two months, then I'll pay out. Mm. Don't want a Manny situation, but also don't want another Chris Davis situation. Uh, Joshua apparently only wants to do it if it's a Wander Franco type of deal. Like, it's just weird that all of a sudden there has been movement to go the other way. I'm sorry. Now, this is our Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios brought no, to the Glory it, Days Grill. It's good to mention. Um, Chris Owings, yes, as I was saying, pitched. became the last, yes. uh, the first Orioles position player to pitch in 2022, which I think you know is is a sign of progress because they've had a lot of guys pitch for the Orioles in the the rebuild years. And I want to ask you about some of them, Glenn. 2018, 2019. We're going to go back to those two years. There were five position players to pitch for the Orioles. Can you name them? 2018 and 2019. Yes, there were five five different guys. Some of them did it multiple times, but there are five different guys. Mm. A few of these should be v- uh, fairly easy. I mean, it had to be within those two years. Yes, 2018, 2019 are the years I went back to. So I believe, we all famously remember Chris Davis pitching in Boston. He I want to b- say that Chris Davis ended up, like, when he was bad, pitching again. He did. And we started making jokes about converting him into a pitcher or whatever. Like, I want to say that happened. April 20th, 2019, Chris Davis took them out. Did not go well <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, who did it go well for? Chris Davis in Boston. Well, yeah, that, okay, thank you. Right. Um, obviously, we all remember Stevie Wilkerson yes. getting the save. Stevie Wilkerson pitched many, many times, um, starting off. I don't know that I remember him pitching that many times. July 20th, 2019, uh, July 25th, 2019, and August 10th, 2019, three times during the I 2019 I season. Him. I just remember the one in Anaheim. That's the only one I remember. Uh, that might be the end of the things that I remember. Okay, <laughs> That Fair might enough. be the end of the list of position players that I re- Take some guesses, some wild guesses here. Guys that were on the 20... It's hard to remember who was on the 2018... <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, you heard. They were really bad. They were They were very that. bad. That's why I pulled this uh, this this question uh, out. Uh, 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 my God, who was on who was on the 20... I mean, Trey. Trey did not pitch. That'd be, that'd be good. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to... to Think of guy, you got to think of guys that were on the team, and it's hard. It's just hard to do that. DJ Stewart. DJ Stewart did not. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll go with one more guess, and, I'll, and then I'll give you my uh, my answers here. Give me a, some sort of hint. Okay, so all three of them are gone. Um, two of them, I believe. Yeah, two of them are not in baseball anymore, and one of them now plays for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he actually recently pitched this year in 2022 for the Dodgers. Hanser Alberto. That's one of them. Hanser, I did see that on Twitter. He I did, did yeah. see that on Twitter. So Hanser Alberto, April seventh. And, and in fairness, I had no idea he was still in baseball. I did not know that. Yeah, playing for the Dodgers and having not, not a bad not, place to be. Yeah, not at all. Okay, the other two are out of baseball entirely. Out of baseball. One of them was actually part of my trivia question the other day. The other one lasted for a very, very short period of time on the Baltimore Orioles. One of them was part of your trivia question the other day. He wore a certain number. 
Oh, he was a 35? He was. <laughs> I should have paid more attention. <laughs> uh, he made two stints uh, as a Baltimore Oriole. Two stints as a Baltimore Oriole. Danny Valencia? Danny Valencia, in 2018, pitched for the Orioles, uh, August 2nd in 2018. Um, this last one is a very tough one, so I'm going to give you the position. Uh, he was a backup catcher. I'm not sure you'd remember. This is a very – he lasted for, I want to say, about a month and a half. Had some big hits in April. In 2019, it's in April. He did. How would I anybody remember? <laughs> he right? did some big hits. He was a backup. I, 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 a sweet Jesus, Jesus Sucre. He will, Jesus okay. Sucre right. <laughs> pitched in the for the Orioles All in right. 2019. That, I mean, that I, date it was just was the first catch. April 22nd. Sure he did. Sure he did. That's I a, believe you. I'm not. I'm not doubting you. I just how in, how in the hell would I remember? That's that? three April 2019 pitching appearances so, by position players. That's kind of concerning for the Orioles. You didn't want to tax your. You knew what you were in for. You know what you just didn't want to tax any of the uh, the limited pitching resources that you had. It was a rough year. It was a rough time. It was a good job, Glenn. Rough scene. Well, I mean, I I needed a bit of help. (laughs) Needed a lot of help in order to get there. I only remembered two of them. All right, very good. Uh, good tidbit. Totally tubular. I mean, was there a reason why we did those two years? Is just because you were able to come up with them? Uh, that... Yeah, they, they were just okay. easier to find than 2020 and 2021. Okay. Apparently, right. no one documented those years. So the hell, we got to get <laughs> right. on that. This is important. Joe stuff Trezza, thank about. you for that article. Well, by thank the way. you, Joe Trezza. All right, uh, tubular is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, that is the place to be for the NBA Finals. Game one on Thursday. Game two on Sunday. You want to reserve your spot for. Either of those nights, make sure you got a table for you and your friends. Make sure you got reclining chairs for you and your group. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for you to get your bets in for the NBA Finals and all the other events coming up this month, including the U.S. Open. All right, uh, here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Orioles back in action against the Mariners. Robbie Ray and Kyle Bradish, 7 o'clock on Masson. Uh, this afternoon, the Nationals and Mets are on Masson at 1. MLB Network, Padres Cardinals at 1. Braves Diamondbacks at 4. Fox Sports 1, Angels Yankees at 7 o'clock. YouTube for Royals Guardians at 1. That's the reason why uh, Richie Palacios wasn't able to, to, to get in with us this afternoon, or this morning. He has this afternoon game. But we'll chat with him tomorrow. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL, Game 1 tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Rangers is a man who absolutely got in a bet on the Lightning at plus 1,200 before the playoffs began. I am... um I am. I have a vested interest in this. Plus, just you know, f New York in general. Sort of the way that I feel about things. So, Lightning Rangers game one tonight at eight on ESPN. Uh, French Open continues on the Tennis Channel right now. Men's quarterfinals. Uh, Marin Cilic. Uh, oh no, Marin Cilic is up in the second set. Dropped the first set to Andre Rublev, but is up three zero. Up a break in the second set. Um, the second men's quarterfinal today. Casper uh, Ruud, who got, or, sorry, tennis fans are aware of. But I'm telling you, the guy that Kasparud is playing today, even tennis fans did not know who this gentleman was before this tournament began. Holger Rune is a French Open quarterfinalist. Holger Rune, before the French Open, um, had never won a Grand Slam match. And now he's in the quarterfinals playing Kasparud for a chance to, to reach the semifinals. It's wild. Obviously, yesterday, the Nadal Djokovic thriller that Rafael Nadal won, so it'll be Nadal and uh, Alexander Zverev, which sucks, just sucks, 
in one of the semifinals to, uh, on Friday, and then the winner of this match and then the Rude Rune match, the other semifinal. But French Open coverage continues on Tennis Channel this afternoon. ESPN2, uh, World Cup qualifying, Ukraine and Scotland at 245. Ukraine, obviously, a, an emotional story trying to get into the World Cup. And then a friendly tonight for the U.S. men against Morocco at 730. Um, the match on TNT, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's at 7 o'clock. TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Paramount Plus as the Washington Spirit takes on the Chicago Red Stars at 7.30. Uh, some WNBA action on CBS Sports Network as well. That's what you need to know as far as sports stuff is concerned. Zach's getting um, uh, Mike Loxley on the phone right now. He would be telling you about the non-sports highlights of the evening. I know a, a second episode of Master Chef tonight at 8 o'clock on Fox. I finally watched last week's episode. This is the back-to-win season. What else stands out for you non-sports-wise tonight? Glenn, I, I know you're very excited for it. Dr. Pimple Popper. Ah, never uh, miss it. Never <laughs> miss it. <laughs> on TLC, uh, there's a fist-sized... do not care for those videos. When people... Like, that, just one of my, least, on. my, one of my least favorite things that has a, a, an audience online is are those videos. I know Paul Valley might be excited about this one on TBS, All Elite Wrestling, Dynamite, my, at I, I include 8 p.m., that. I but that's it. That in sports. All right, very that's good. Oh, very you did? Okay, good. okay. All right, very good. We're going to wind down for today. By catching up with uh, someone we always enjoy conversations with, he is the head football coach at the University of Maryland, and he is sticking around. He has agreed to a contract extension to remain the head football coach at the University of Maryland. He is Coach Mike Loxley, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. What's going on, Glenn? How are you? Everything is good, man. How about yourself? We, I remember we talked after the bowl game, and things were looking up, and you know, it, it obviously was a great moment for you. Have you felt momentum from that over these last few months? Have you felt like it it caught the attention maybe of a few more folks about the direction your program is headed in? Yeah, you know, we we felt the momentum, and I've talked to our team about this quite a bit. You know, the thing that stood out to us, uh, to me at this bowl game, and this is something we've tried to capture uh, again is, you know, we were stuck up there in New York and forced to do a lot of things together because of the COVID situation up there. And I really saw our team um, kind of become really, really close. And so, you know, we, we, we're using two, two, two pillar words, committed and connected. To me, those were the key ingredients to how we finished the season off. And now for us to take that next step this season, you know, it's going to be predicated on just how committed we are um, to doing things to our standard, but then also how connected we are with each other. And, you know, we spent a lot of time in, with this, uh, you know, the player-centric uh, the player centric things that has become a college football landscape. And as coaches, you know, being around these guys and, and, and spending quality time with them, constantly recruiting them uh, to keep them in the program, is going to be really, really important to, to create that stability. And I, I feel like we've done that. And, going to a bowl game has kind of created that momentum where our players like the feeling of it. They like being together during the holidays, practicing. They enjoyed the way the game went. And I, I think to me, it's, uh, it's created that momentum that you want to see going into the next year. Um, what is it, you know, you, you alluded to this and you kind of alluded to some of it. What, what does it take? What is the difference between a team that, that got to, as, as we talk about where this is the expectation now for the program and a team that's able to take, that next step to be more competitive within the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, it, it takes those two words we talked about. Uh, it's making a total commitment to, 
to doing things to our standard, the, the work we put in in the offseason. You know, our veterans reported back yesterday. Um, our first-year guys, uh, high school players, will be coming in, in uh, June 19th. And so, to me, the commitment level of the work that has to be put in, when nobody's looking, when nobody's watching, it's going to be really, really important. But then I also think just how connected a, as, as a program we are to each other, where um, we really become that band of brothers that you sell where you lay it on the line for the guy next to you. And to me, that's the the, the two important things that for us to become uh, more competitive within our, our conference and to take the next step that we, we need to take in, as we go into year four, I think that's those are the things that we've made a point of emphasis. He is Mike Loxley. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, you agree to a contract extension for five years. I know you weren't looking at other jobs. It wasn't something along those scenarios. But how much does it help? To, to make sure everyone knows, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm when I ask you for total commitment, I need you to know that I'm totally committed to this place. Yeah, and to me, uh, kind of has been the Achilles heel of, of Maryland football. You know, when you hear, um, you know, when people describe Maryland athletics, and I mean, look at what we did this past spring um, in baseball and lacrosse, and then what Sasha has done in soccer and. You know, you know, the things that jump out, you know, Kathy Reese with women's lacrosse and, mm -hmm. and Missy is that there's been so much consistency in all these programs to where the culture is set. And when you look at what Maryland football has been, and I've said this before, you know, in basketball, you've had, you know, three head coaches basically uh, over the last 40 years. You know, obviously I do know Bob Wade spent a, a minute um, as the head coach here as well, but um, you know, since 1985, you know, I think when I counted, it was like nine coaches when you count the interim coaches that have come through here hmm. um, for football. And I just don't see how you can develop a consistency in a program when you change at the top so much. And so for me, stabilizing Maryland football is all about trying to create uh, a consistent culture. And yeah, we'll lose assistant coaches, you'll lose players, but the building blocks and the foundational things that need to be in place for a program to grow and become uh, consistent, I think it starts with being at the top. And so I'll be the first to tell you um, seven and six isn't, you know, is it my standard? It isn't how, where I hold myself. Obviously, I know what I took over um, and, and when I got here in 20, 2019. Uh, but I was approached Damon, Coach Damon Evans, and, and my boss approached me about it. And I was a little hesitant, not because I don't want to be here, but, uh, you know, Seven to six isn't our standard. It isn't my standard, but I do. I'm very appreciative of uh, Damon and Dr. Pines for um, recognizing where we are going as a program and, and understanding the vision. We spend a lot of time together. I'm constantly communicating where I see this program going, and, and, and it's headed in the right direction. And I'm excited to be able to be here. Uh, I want to talk to you about a couple things. Um, one one that jumps out at me. There has been a change within college football that you know, the, the division system might be going away. And you and I have talked a lot over the years about, you know, the, the difficulty of the division that you're within, that you're in. It's, it's quite possibly the most difficult division in all of college football. Are, I, I, I certainly don't think that you would want to run away from that challenge, but do you think it would be more fair for the Big Ten to move away from the divisional concept as far as establishing two teams to compete for a championship now that the rules allow that for be, to be the case? 
Yeah, you know, I've I've gone on the record, and and I'm a big believer. Obviously, the Big East, the Big East, the Big Ten East is is one of the, if not the toughest divisions in football. I've spent time at Alabama. Obviously, the SEC West uh, will be very comparable to what we go through uh, year in and year out. Um, for me, the reason you join a conference is for everybody to have success or to succeed financially uh, as programs. And so for us, I think the big thing that I've always kind of geared my decision about these uh, divisions is is all about how do we best position ourselves as a conference to get two teams in the playoffs uh, the way it's set now. You know, obviously the SEC has dominated that by having two teams in quite a few of the playoffs, and that's double the payout to the conference. Yeah. Um, when you look at the way we're structured as a conference, you know, some of our heavier teams, and this is not to take anything away from – you know, the west side of our division, because I know that I don't want to be on the record as if right. you know, you're trashing them. Yeah, not good, yeah. because we've struggled with both divisions. Um, but I do think if we want to um, kind of continue to compete against, you know, the SEC, um, we need to do the things that allow us to put our best foot forward to try to, you know, put two teams in, in, in the college football playoffs. And to me, uh, the best way to do that is to get rid of the divisions uh, come up with a, a, a scheduling that allows you to continue to have your rivalry games that, that we have, but then, you know, also have the ability within your conference and is to create kind of a playoff yourself because I know it's all about the TV dollars and um, as they talk about the inventory of games that you get to play, you know, we're the only conference that's, you know, is playing nine games because, you know, the inventory of a ninth conference game compared to maybe a out-of-conference game or an FCS game isn't as attractive for TV. So I just think anything we can do to continue to put our best foot forward um, with trying to get two teams in the playoffs benefits Maryland and, and it benefits the Big Ten. Coach Mike Loxley is with us here on GCR. Would there be any pushback? Like, you know, knowing what you know about recruiting – would it be tougher if you weren't guaranteed to be going to places like Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State every couple of years? Does does that matter to the kids that you're going after? No, I mean, we're in the Big Ten, so at some point, you know, whether we create the playoffs within our league by being in, by not having a division, um, you're going to eventually play, and during the course of a four-year schedule, every you'll go to every one of those uh, those venues, so um, I don't think that part affects it as okay. much as the success of the league. The um, obviously, there's been a lot. You know, I know you have been very in favor of NIL. You've been out in front of it for a very long time, and you've talked about what it does. You know, there's been this pushback, and and certainly, uh, uh, you know, your your friend Coach Saban was the was very loud about this. That, that he worried about this conf- being conflated with pay for play in recent years. Are you at all concerned about? there needing to be more regulation in terms of it, Coach? I don't know exactly what it's looked like for you and if, 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 if it's gone the way you wanted it to go or the way you think it's supposed to go. What have you seen as far as a, a deciphering the difference? And, and I'll tell you, I'm, I don't really care if it is pay-for-play personally, but I know that doesn't affect me the same way that it affects you. Um, what, what do you make of that? No, I mean, I, I do think that there needs to be a, a little more, uh, and, and it's hard to use the word equitable, um, but a, a little more guardrails to create a little more equity in how teams that are, you know, at the FBS level are able to compete. Um, because if without the guardrails, as we've continued to see, 
Um, you see the gap between the haves and the have nots continue to be created. And, you know, to me, it's all about, you know, still uh, bringing in good players. Um, I've been on the forefront of uh, NIL. I, I'm a true proponent that they deserve it. But I do think, um, you know, kind of what the NCAA did and someone used this analogy, it was like uh, they they raised the speed limit on the highway and they took the state troopers off the highway. And, and, and now you're running into a bunch of other issues, whether it's accidents and things that are happening. And now you're trying to come back and put the you know, state troopers back on, but people are still going above the speed limit. So I do think we need to create a little more uh, equitable guardrails. Um, I think, you know, the NCAA, NCAA coming out, it, I mean, the only rule with NIL is you can't use it for recruiting inducements. And mm -hmm. that's what I think Coach Saban was, was trying to make a point of. Um, so it's really no rules, no law with it. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone is trying to figure it out. And because there is no case precedent as to the best way to do it, you know, you would think us here where we're located um, because of the commercial uh, business entities that are headquartered in this sure. area and, uh, you know, being two major cities like Baltimore and D.C. Um, that support our program, that we should be a program that's at the forefront of it. You know, we've shown the ability to recruit really well um, because of relationships we have, but now if we can... You know, we're in the process of putting together, uh, you know, some 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 things with that will help us with our NIL stuff, like every other program in the Big Ten. And uh, I'm very hopeful that you know the supporters of, of Maryland football step up to help us. Sure. To not uh, have that gap continue to widen for us and to close it. You know, as I've said before, you know, uh, people they they ask me or the, the question is, hey, can we become more competitive uh, in the Big Ten? And my answer is, yes, we can. And now I throw the same question back saying, hey, if you want us to be competitive, you know, I'd like to see you come support us to help us become, sure. because now we legally can do things to go get good, really good players that are right here within an hour drive, any direction from campus. And uh, because of the NIL opportunities, you know, we have the ability to compete for these guys if we can find people that will want to come help us uh take that next step. And I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here, Coach. But I, I wonder, as you as you describe it if, it, if it's even possible to completely separate NIL from the idea of recruiting inducements, right? It like, is. Okay. It is. Okay. Because here's what you do. Um, instead of me talking to player A, who's a high school kid, saying, hey, I'll give you $50,000 to come play football here yeah. um, in NIL deals, you say, listen, we have players in our program that have made up to $50,000 in NIL money. So it's the case precedent of what guys have been able to do NIL here. Right. And then once they get on campus, you're legally able to do whatever you want to, as long as it is documented, turned in under compliance. And, yep. and, and so to me, it's not, I mean, they haven't changed very much. I just can't promise a kid, a recruitable kid, NIL money. Right. Now, once he's in our program, you know, these collectives that everybody's setting up and these LLCs and, you know, all these fans that support and, and the ones that want to see us be more successful, well, now you guys have the ability to put some skin in the game with Coach Locks. 
I, I by the way, I reference you. I want to say once every two days or so because when when you told me when when you, when you always say the transfer portal giveth and taketh away, mm-hmm. like it always sticks with me when people start whining about the transfer portal. Like I I'm always reminded that you say, hey, look, man, we're gonna get players from this thing the same way we're gonna lose players from this thing. Right. Like it's not as if all of a sudden. There's a thousand less college football players that exist because of the transfer portal. They're right. all still playing. They're just right. going different places. Yeah, but I, I would, you know, and, and I would also say that, you know, we, we're not going to be a program that wants to every year have a different culture of the type of kids. And for us, we'll use the portal for uh, by need only. I still want to build my program with the high school yep. players yep. that spend four to five years in this program that get it, understand it. Um, I don't want to go out and recruit a guy that the only thing he cares about is how much NIL money because, you know, you can't build a football program uh, with individualism. Um, It has to still be a team concept. It's the ultimate team sport. I do think players deserve to make as much money as people want to give them um, based on their name, image, and likeness once they're in your program. Um, You know, I'm a little nervous about seeing, like, you know, some of the guardrails that 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 scare me is okay. You go sign a high school kid, and he comes in, and he gets a million dollar NIL deal, and he ends up on the scout team all year. Mm-hmm. Does he pay the money back? Like, does he like? Okay, in the real world, that doesn't happen that way. And you know, the NFL was set up that way uh, back in the day, where the the guys drafted made more than the seven year veteran, and they they changed it. So, you know, to me, that's kind of one of the the gray areas of it because. I mean, now all of a sudden you're investing money in a player that, you know, hopefully it pans out. But when it doesn't, you know, how many more uh, boosters or supporters are going to jump up and give money to an NIL or to a collective to bring in players that, you know, may not be what you thought they were. Right. And so the idea being that's why you want it separated because you don't want it to be that 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 forces some coach's hand to say, hey, we have to play a guy because Mm – we might we might lose out on the opportunity right. for them to support the next guy, even though he's not the guy that should be playing. Um, all right, I, I want to give you the opportunity. I I know this is always tough because you know coaches want to name everybody. Can can you give me maybe an example, just because we weren't out there for every practice? Maybe somebody whose reality for the fall might legitimately have changed during the course of the spring that that genuinely turned your guys' heads and said, this might be someone that's moved into a bigger role than we thought they were going to be in before the spring began. Man, you know, we have so many returning guys that um, on both sides of the ball, um, I I would say, you know, the running back room, I've been really, really pleased with, you know, the three young running backs, Kobe McDonald, uh, Roman Hemby, and Antoine Littleton. And, you know, Antoine and and, and Roman both played in the bowl game along with Kobe, who played most of the year. And, you know, I feel like that room, we've – We've recruited to get it back uh, where we'd like to see it. Um, DJ Glaze continues to really impress us, you know, up front uh, as a guy that, you know, played quite a bit of football for us a year ago. And, you know, we see him as a starter for us somewhere. Um, You know, obviously those guys kind of jump out. Um, And then um, Deontay Banks being back, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought prior to him being injured, uh, he was one of our better corners. That, that we uh, had in our program, and when we lost him, and then obviously Jacorian going down for a few games, that really hurt us. So um, those are the ones that kind of really have jumped out to me that, you know, but, but there's a ton of players that, you know, 
veteran guys that have got a lot of reps, a lot of playing time over the last three years that we've built this thing. So I feel really good about kind of where we are in terms of that piece of it. All right. And who do you like in the finals? I got to go with Golden State. I mean, come on, man. Like, they just have so much. Like, it's, a, it's unreal. Scoring baskets, man. The scoring. They can score. Dude, and, and and it's not. By the way, Kevon Looney's been playing like like Draymond Green during the last yeah, couple yeah. of weeks. It's been nuts. Yeah. Is the it's, only chance they have is to slow down those 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 shooters, Splash Brothers. It's too much. But then, but what if Andrew Wiggins goes off? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. you you do everything right, and then Andrew Wiggins has you know games of his life. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts how much they have. Mike Loxley, it's always great to catch up with you, sir. Uh, congratulations on the extension. Uh, glad that you're sticking around and, and showing that commitment to uh, the place that I know you care so much about. Look forward to chatting with you again as we get closer to the start of the season. Thanks for hopping on with us, my friend. Appreciate it, Glenn. Mike Loxley, Maryland football coach, joining us here on GCR. Always enjoy our conversations with him. Very thoughtful. Um, not not afraid to ch- chat about these things in depth and, and give us really thoughtful um just things to chew on, right? Like what he's saying, I understand. I, I still come back to ultimately, if somebody wants to to help a school get players, they're gonna do that, no matter what. And if what you say is, well, it's not that's not supposed to be the way that it's supposed to be. Okay, well then you're just gonna say it in a different way. And and what Mike Loxley said is, okay, we need to say that. It needs to be. We're not promising you this to get you here. We're telling you here's what's possible if you come here. My first response would be, how is that different, right? Like, why does it need to be that way and not the other way? But I I get the things that he brings up, which are like the more convoluted this gets, the more risk there is for for a coach somewhere to say, I'm going to play a player that, that shouldn't be playing just because I don't want to lose out on getting these boosters to pay NIL money to somebody in the future. You don't want that. But it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Good conversation. All right, thanks today to Mike Loxley. Thanks also to Drew Forrester. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Richie Palacios from the Guardians will join us tomorrow. Um, Joey Ortiz will make our Bowie Bay Sox trip for the week. Uh, Bowie Bay Sox infielder Joey Ortiz will join us. Part of that eternal battle to figure out who's going to be the shortstop moving forward that will go on forever. <laughs> um, I believe we're going to check in with Coppin State baseball coach Sherman Reed as they are in the NCAA tournament as well. And stuff and things. Uh, we know a, a weekend at Bookies will be tomorrow as well. Thanks to Zach. Zach, remind me, it's at Z Goodman, Goodman 20. 20. Thank, thank there you. it is. At Z Goodman 20 on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Have a great Tuesday. Sorry, it feels like Tuesday. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio, Ohio State sucks too. I talk for a living.